Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and you're listening to the Below the Belt Show. <laughs> Great. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so the Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. A phenomenal, phenomenal show from top to bottom. Let's go ahead and start by introducing. He is my co-host extraordinaire. He is the king of the 80s. He is the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. Hey, what's up? It feels good to be back. Good to have it's you back, Chachi McFly. A couple weeks, a few weeks. A couple weeks, yes, yes. Or as uh, you said, also, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, as they say in urban culture. That's what you say. Oh, that's what I say. Okay. It says that anymore. <laughs> From the beat streets of Baltimore, sometimes they do say it. All right. Yeah. But nonetheless, wow, we actually have an, an awesome announcement to make, and uh, she's on her panel right now. She is actress and model Sarah Bettman, a.k.a. Sarah Snuffleupagus. But an announcement <laughs> that she is joining BTB is our official social media queen. Social media, what, what will be the proper title? Sarah. Um, I don't know, but I like social media queen. That's social media queen. <laughs> that was your was, old title, right, Al? <laughs> like, I'll like Sarah took it over. I was thinking social media assistant, but I'm like, wait, well, no, assistant, yeah. you're, you're pretty much going to be leading all of BTV social media. Um, then that's in particular uh, Instagram and Facebook. So uh, right. So if you see a post you don't like, don't blame us. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, she's been doing really well so far. So. Oh yeah, Sarah's been We're great. We're happy to have her. We're so happy to have Sarah Snuffleupagus gracing us with her beauty <laughs> on BTB, both uh, on social media and here on the show. So, uh, we have a couple more voices joining us um, on the panel, but I, I guess I'll start by introducing our special guest who will be joining a little bit later in the program. Um, she is the daughter of legendary rocker Peter Frampton. Uh, she's actress Mia Rose Frampton, and she's going to be promoting her new film called Coast. They just had an L.A. premiere, and I believe they're having a New York premiere tomorrow. It's a really, um, really nice coming-of-age film uh, and uh, with a rock and roll setting of a, of a girl in a small town uh, that uh, – It's a small uh, town girl? A small town girl that struggles with uh, – Living in a lonely world. Living in a small town and the living in the lonely world are moving uh, uh, to bigger and, and brighter things. But the grass is not necessarily greener on the other side. So uh, it never is. Right. Yes. 
so it was a nice film. I don't know if anyone uh, got a chance to catch it. Hopefully, you caught at least the trailer. Um, saw the trailer. Saw the trailer. Yeah, it's a nice, really nice film. Mm-hmm. Well acted. Mia Frampton will be joining us. Um, she was also the jewelry store girl uh, in Bridesmaid. She had a nice little scene with Kristen Wiig where they're pretty much uh, <laughs> ribbing and burying each other in a nice scene. There's actually an unedited, 10 minute unedited scene. Yeah. Uh, with all the shade thrown uh, at each other, um, yeah, which was, which you sent me that p- one, and that was pretty hilarious. And they should have kept that in the movie. They should have kept it in the movie. I don't yeah. know. I mean, did you think it dragged on a little too long? No, not for me. Just, okay, it, good. <laughs> just ten minutes of insults. I thought it was just right. Everybody loves a good ribbing, yeah. yeah. And um, last but certainly not least, um, a good friend of BTB's for many years. He's got his own podcast show called. That was disappointing, as well as another podcast show called Subversive Cinema. And uh, the one and only actor extraordinaire, screenwriter extraordinaire, videographer, editor, producer. The list goes on and on, right? Art Hall. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I you're you said talking a good about me. Shit, okay. I was well, very confused. You, you, I, you said good, oh, I didn't know you were talking about me. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You have all those accolades, yeah, I was confused Archie. too, Art. Oh, thank you. I guess. Maybe. (laughs) Are you a little camera shy today? Which is totally fine if you're camera shy. Who? Who's camera shy? Art Hall. Why? Oh, you can't see me? That's really weird. I personally can't. I see him. Oh, Oh, you see him? Okay. Oh. Oh, look at that. See? And you're definitely missing out. Oh, I'm definitely missing out on the the Brazilian stud. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I... You were in a White Castle shirt meanwhile you're in California? That's what, you know, I, I miss it. I miss you should it. be wrapping uh, in and out Burger, right? No. Eh. Eh. No. Eh, don't it's eh. o- okay. It's good, but it's overrated. You know? It's overrated. Okay. Yeah, no, that's my first much. stop yeah. out I, in L.A. I don't need right. to wait half an hour for a $4 burger, so. Right. <laughs> Sarah, I'm sure you wish uh, in and out had uh, Impossible Burgers, right? Yes. Yeah, as a uh, vegetarian in the house. They don't have that? They don't. They should. California's okay. all about... Uh, you know, going vegan and vegetarian and uh, surprise, they, they don't have that uh, that option yet. Unless, but well, you have the grilled cheese, but for the lactose intolerant, <laughs> it might not be the best option either. But uh, um, Art, you, it's been a minute since we've had you on BTB, but um, we got a little announcement. Um, are, are you able to share it with our audiences since you've been on the show and listeners have gone to you for, for a little bit? Oh, sure. I have a kid now, so I'm exhausted. <laughs> congratulations ah. children Congrats. complicate everything congratulations, they're wonderful Art. but everything takes so much longer and much more planning than you ever thought it would wow so, yeah no totally totally yeah. and, and how how have the dirty diapers been is that something that uh you've gotten accustomed to that was accustomed from day one it's just a force of necessity you know okay <laughs> i mean my wife had to have a cesarean so she couldn't do anything in the hospital mm-hmm. the first few days. So I had to dive right in. Mm. And, you know, wow. no big. Doing daddy duty. Wow. You're the man, nah, article. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Artie Hall, um, for those of you that are hearing you for the first time, tell us a little bit about your podcasts. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that was disappointing. Um, it's myself and my co-host, Joe. And our producer, Kenny, and we have anywhere from one to two or no people coming on to talk about random shit with us. And it's a 
<laughs> just a couple knuckleheads just sort of, you know, having fun and just talking about whatever comes to mind. And Subversive Cinema is a solo piece by me where I have a different guest every week. And we talk about the weird, wacky, and downright wrong entries in cinema. So we'll talk about some stuff you probably heard of, some things you've never heard of, and uh, anything in between. Wow. Give us some examples. Oh, well, let's see. The Greasy Strangler, which was a Sundance uh, phenomenon back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And Al yeah. saw one called Assholes, which Assholes. very many people know about. Very Early raunchy Christmas comedy. Walking Peace, All American Murder. That was one that was there. You know, we got some horror films. We have some weird off the wall indie movies from Neil Breen, John Waters, Don Doler from Baltimore. We do all sorts of stuff. Ah, very cool. Very, very cool. And all the um, typical platforms where you can find your podcast, correct? That's right. Uh, right. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, all wherever you can find it, you'll find it. Awesome, awesome. And uh, Sarah Snuffleupagus Bentman, uh, now that you're a new social media manager, queen, if you will, um, uh, keep us a little posted on what you've been up to. I know that you have uh, uh, have been busy uh, with your new career, but also uh, still still killing in the modeling world, right? Yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get back in there. Okay. Artie, can I tell Sarah about our little term that we like to use about actresses uh they're called amws actress model whatevers <laughs> i love it do you like it yeah. <laughs> well it's you not like- any it's not any just any actress it's always the girls because it's actress trying to do everything right who they say oh i do mo-. usually they say it this way i do modeling and i do acting so when you word <laughs> throw the word do in there that's when we throw that in there so that's what we do right exactly well uh, so we actually have our next uh, co-host joining us on BTB. She's my fellow co-host from Click On This. Uh, she's the amazing Aussie, and uh, uh, we're, we're happy to have Jessica Ray Taylor uh, back on BTB. Jay Ray, good to have you back. Hi, guys. How are you doing there? Can you hear me well? We can hear you oh, and yes. see you well. Yes. Awesome. This is going to be a great show. Um we just already announced our special celebrity guests. Uh, not that you guys aren't celebrities, because you are, but um, <laughs> Mia Frampton yeah, will, be, will be joining us. And, of course, um, Jessica, you actually booked a special guest for us a little later in the program, didn't you? Tell us. Yes, yes. Uh, Paulina Tavas. So she is a stage manager from Brilliance the Musical, which is an off-Broadway show. And uh, she'll be joining us today, so we're super excited about that. And your daughter's okay. joining us today, too. Yes, and she just came. Hello. Oh, <laughs> well, we were looking forward to that. Um, and just yeah, make sure you don't say anything messed up, guys. Oh, I know. And at this point, right, we got to be. <laughs> we got to watch ourselves right now. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. I'll just stay on mute. Oh, right. Of course, because <laughs> Art's a new father, so he knows. Uh, he's probably gonna have to learn how to control his f bombs eventually. Like, oh, not at all. Not at all. That's gonna be the first word he learns. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be the first word your son learns. Is what? Oh yeah. Oh, you want what? me to say it in front of this nice young lady? We said the f word. The f word. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sienna's first word was mommy, wasn't it? Mommy. Yeah. I think you need to go to bed. Go, honey. Go, oh, go. Good night. <laughs> But I want to talk. Honey, no, 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 you have to go to bed, okay? She's made for show business. 
You say know. happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Are you ready Easter. for the Easter bunny? Okay, it's bedtime. So you Easter bunny. Okay. The Easter bunny will say hi to you. All right, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, that's been our youngest co-host yet. <laughs> I know, right? So, um, Art, right, I got to give you a little credit. We 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 thought that um, talking about a um, a random topic every week would kind of be a uh, a nice addition to Below the Belt show, and uh, oh yeah, through through some uh, divine uh, inspiration from that was disappointing, and this uh, topic involves. Um, what celebrities would we like to see battle it out in a boxing match? And this oh, like comes to celeb death match sort of thing. Celeb death match. You can do wrestling. You can do um, Jello wrestling. You can do mud oil. Whatever. Oh, wait, you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me Jello wrestling. That's oh, okay. really dynamic too. <laughs> Let's just say any fight between two celebrities that you can pick. So this uh, first of all comes uh, comes from the heels of Jake Paul. Um, saying that he has an idea how Kanye West and comedian Pete Davidson can squash their beef. And um, Jake Paul wants to uh, promote a boxing match between the two of them, which I think would be awesome. And, of course, Will Smith and Chris Rock, well, Will's a bit of a bigger guy and a little more muscular. Um, I mean, I I guess I'd still pay to see that match. But uh, I'd say let's go around the room and uh, talk about what particular celebrity match would we like to see. Uh, Jessica Ray, since you sent me this article, uh, why don't you start off? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we all know that Pete and Kanye have beef. And that's because Kanye doesn't want Pete to, like, know his children and all this good stuff. And, like, you know, back in the day, I guess how our parents would deal with things was a little bit differently to the way that we would, you know, that we would deal with stuff. So I want to say, like, Kim Kardashian already had a boxing match on one of her. I can't remember which season it was. Okay. But it was like her and they paid a lot of money for like her to go up against this boxer, like an actual boxer and stuff. It ended up not going very well for her. Like she cried a lot. Um, was that season 46? <laughs> yeah, she cried. It was it season, season 46. 46. Yeah. Well, because there's so many seasons of Kardashian. She's been on forever. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. So she, she cried a lot. It didn't really work out. The family was like, we're never doing that again. Um, but obviously I feel like I feel like Pete would have a fighting chance against Kanye. Like, I really do. I think that that white guy from, where is he from again? Staten Island. Yeah, I feel like that little good <laughs> white guy might come out of him. Wow. Like, like, okay, so, know, might so that's the match you want to see, the match that we were already alluding to. Yeah. Like, Kanye West versus Pete Davidson. Okay. Yeah, and you, can pick, you can pick anybody, though. You can pick anybody you want to see fight. You can pick anyone. Oh, I can um, pick anybody? Oh, yes. God. Oh, that's tough. We can come back to you. Yeah, come back to me. Yeah. Um, Chachi McFly, your wheels are turning. Do you, do you have um, a pick of a match you'd like to see? Yes. I was thinking hard about this, you know, because I like to prepare for the show and, like, yes. do a lot of research. I'm actually wearing the shirt for one of my um, contenders. You can see it. It was all a dream, Biggie. It was all a dream. Yes, I would love to see Biggie versus Tupac in, like, a regular boxing match. You know, not a gunfight, nothing like that. And I think that if they would have had that, you know, back in the 90s, you know, maybe they would have squashed their beefs and they could have um, avoided that whole um, East Coast versus West Coast, um, you know, people getting shot, people getting killed. And we could still be enjoying Tupac and Biggie music today. True that. 
That's a great one, Chachi. I love yeah. that one. Art Hall, do you have a particular favorite uh, celebrity death match? Or you alluded to a death match, but <laughs> any particular match you'd like to see between two? No, I was just trying to find a comparison in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just gonna go with some random shit. You know, I would okay. like to see Carrot Top and uh, Keanu Reeves with his John Wick style stuff, because you know Carrot Top's like this yoked out dude. Like he's roided out. Like oh, he yeah, looks yes. awful. He looks terrible, but he's still a big son of a bitch. Right. Now, Keanu, he's just got all that martial arts skills, and I'd just like to see him open up some John Wick ass whoop on him. So I'd just like to see how that would go. That's oh, yeah. a very good one. Wow. Yeah, I actually ran into Carrot Top at my um, gym sorry. Too, in Baltimore. Yeah, and this is before I knew that he was all jacked up. It was right, right at the beginning of that, and I saw him down the locker room, and he was kind of like flexing in the mirror. I'm thinking, that guy looks just like Carrot Top. And I'm like, I wanted to ask him if he was Carrot Top. It's kind of like a, you know, like an insult. So I didn't want to ask him in case it wasn't Carrot Top. But it looked like I'm in the face. And then I saw him upstairs um, talking to the people at the front desk. And I heard him, overheard him talking about his comedy show coming up um, the next night or whatever in Baltimore. Okay. And then I went up and started talking to him. And he's a super nice guy. I mean, he gets a lot of shit from people. I don't understand why. I mean, I know his comedy is not for everybody. But, right. you know, at least when I was a kid, I used to think that he was pretty funny. He is. I mean, he's hysterical. He's the prop comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. Yeah, well, no then doubt. actually, let me amend that. I like to see Carrot Top take on Gallagher and vice versa, the two prop comedians. Now, that'd be cool. Wow. That, that'd be, wait, 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 does Gallagher have their watermelon saying, hey, Carrot Top, you stole my act and I'm going to kick your ass for it. That's does, what I like. Does Gallagher have the mallet, though? Yeah. The sledgehammer during the during Well, the he's got to have some weapon since, you know, Carrot Top's he's got pretty the old. Yeah, he's pretty old. Yeah. Wow. Sarah Bettman, Sarah Snuffleupagus Bettman. I know you got a particular. She's thinking. Uh, look at her. Match that you'd like to see between any two celebrities you can think of. What well, with see? all the controversy going down with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I was thinking Johnny Depp Ooh. and Elon Musk because he's oh. here in Fairfax to testify against Johnny. So why why not add those two together into you know a death match sort of thing? Whoa, that's Whoa. crazy lot. I mean we all know. I look at that one. You know Johnny has swung a couple punches <laughs> over the course of the few years. Uh, Elon Musk is known for his brain. Yeah. Um, probably not much known for fighting. So uh, that's kind of like a Lex, Lex Luthor versus Superman type of thing, right? Heck yeah. Yeah. Ah okay all right. Now why did, uh, why is why is he testifying against um, Johnny Depp? I didn't hear that. It's something to do with he has some connection with Amber Heard. Um, I'm oh. not really sure the connection. Maybe you know he slept with Amber. Who knows? Yeah. But um. Yeah, you know I think I believe Amber Heard and Elon Musk had dated at one point. Okay. Yeah. I believe wow. that. Yeah, I definitely believe that was the case for wow. sure. Yeah. Okay. Very very good. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank God for money. oh man wow you know i i I was trying to think of something fun and clever uh but um i would like to see joe rogan put his money where his mouth is i mean because he's known as a tough guy and for his opponent i choose fellow podcaster pat mcafee former nfl kicker uh who's actually proved himself in the ring at wrestlemania and we're talking the king of podcasters, refereed by myself. But let's see these two. Um, well, one is a, a, allegedly a badass um, who said some very uh, controversial remarks over the past few, few years. And, of course, has 
things in the past that have been brought up. And then Pat McAfee, who's just nuts and crazy and is quite the entertainer, but has proven himself as a wrestler. Let's see those two go at it in a crazy match in the ring. That's uh, that's the match I'd love to see. Honorable mention would be uh, Margot Robbie and Lily Collins. I knew, I knew you were going to say Margot Robbie. I knew in, a, uh, <laughs> in a mud wrestling match. Hey, Margot Robbie and who? I mean, you got to get the blonde. You got to get the brunette. Uh, and those are like two of my favorites. So, yeah. So. Why does it you, have Margaret? to be mud wrestling though? Like, why can't it be like bucket? <laughs> Come on! Why does it gotta be have, all like, oh, let's get all like buddy? Have, have you have you met Al? Yeah, I met I met Al. I know why it has to be muddy, but like, I don't accept that. <laughs> I, I'm no. sure neither a very beautiful actress wants to uh, mar their face with punches and, and that sort. Um, uh, <laughs> because well, I want to be the one. one. Any, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I also want to be the referee in that match. Of course. <laughs> I want to be the one that's spraying the mud off after the match is over. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I, just, I know you. <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean, just for like, if we're talking sexual point, I definitely would like to see Aquaman face up with like the lead character in Vikings. Okay. I can't remember his does anybody know Jason his name? Momoa? Google Google it for me. Okay. The lead in Vikings. He's he's also an Australian actor and I should know his okay. name. Okay. Is that That's is that gonna be a mud wrestling match too? <laughs> I mean it could be. Just you be. know, just for like just for equality. And he's also made his own um I don't know if you guys know this, but he's made his own water too. Aquaman has hmm. Yes, he's made his own new water, and it's got electrolytes in it. It's alkalines. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. smart. Interesting. Wow. I mean, I guess n- no one can make better water than Aquaman, right? I mean, shit. Right. He can control the damn water. I mean, uh, <laughs> actually, that's Mara's ability. Sorry. Mistaken. But, uh, Fun fact. But, yeah, um, I'd love to see, again, I'd love to see Kanye West and Pete Davidson, and I'd love to see Will Smith and Chris Rock. So, uh well, oh, but Jake, Chris is so small, though. Yeah, but, you know... Um, and, like, Will Smith, you know, he trained as Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I feel... Really would it be fair if Kevin Hart tapped in for Will's place? Oh. Got, like, you know, a little height variation. Okay. That's <laughs> like saying, like, Gary Coleman to, like, tap in for for him. That would be a, that would be a closer, you know, more comparable okay, match. There. Well, that was number one off off my list. Um, anyone uh, want to throw any other dream matches before we move on? Okay. Uh, number two <laughs> is Will Smith. So Will Smith has been barred from the Oscars for 10 years as a consequence of him slapping Chris Rock, as we all know. We've talked about this for the, the past goddamn two weeks. Um, and I think hopefully this will be the last time we talk about this, about this topic. But, um, yes, 10 years – from the Oscars, I still think it's a little bit of a slap on the wrist. Um, you know, um, he can still act. I get it. it. Slap on the wrist. I get it. Right. You get it? He can still <laughs> act in nominated films. He can still be nominated. I mean, will the Academy want to nominate someone that's actually barred from? No. I mean, and if, if they do, it'll just be like a token thing. Like, they won't actually let him win. Then, even if he had the best movie of the year. The best actor of the year. Right. Um, but, you know, Will Smith, I mean, he's, he's he's seen a lot of repercussions already. Not only is he banned from the Oscars, um, p- apparently all the projects that they had um, in the works for him are, are being put on hold. You know, um, 
Jessica Ray, you alluded to some of that in the article that you sent me. Um, uh, one of the projects involved um, uh, was a Netflix project. Um, um, of course, uh, the Bel Air um, series. Um, who knows if that's going to get a season two? Even though Will Smith is not on camera, he's still executive producer for that show. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, yeah, probably. I think Peacock will just take whatever they can get. Right. Content. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very, very curious to see what, what happens. With, with, I mean, uh, I want to see how many projects he actually has been put on hold for. I'm yeah. not really sure how accurate that article that I sent you is. Yeah. But I really hope that the repercussions don't mean that they're basically just shunning him because, you know, let's be honest, like Harvey Weinstein, you know, and the Me Too movement and everything that we've right. been dealing with, I mean, is a, you know, one moment, like one slap, like, I mean, I think that 10 years is a little extreme. You think it's extreme? Okay. Yeah, I think it's extreme. Um, just like regarding the entire situation, I feel like the Academy also has to take some kind of responsibility. And the reason why I say that is because as producers, you know, we always have to make sure that everybody's scripted, that everybody's kind of been authorized to say certain things. And when Chris did his first interview after the Oscars, we found out that he, in fact, didn't have to submit his jokes, that they didn't have to approve those jokes before he went live. Right. He made the decision. The Academy didn't, you know, follow through with their rules the way that they did with all of the other hosts that are on the Oscars and all of the other comedians that do their jokes had to submit their stuff. But Chris Rock was, you know, he he didn't. So like if I was a part of Will's law team, I would be saying, okay, the Academy have to take some responsibility because if that joke never happened, that situation could have been completely avoided. So I blame yeah, the Academy. No doubt. Wow. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I don't want to see Will Smith like, you know, there's his career. I, mean, I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. But I mean, he is an amazing actor, and I loved him in King Richard. Yeah, and I think he was um, deserved to be um, the actor of the year for that. They say performance and behavior should be held in different you know, different standards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd rather see Will Smith get some kind of help. I mean, I think he's dealing with stuff. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think what happened was his natural reaction to the joke because you saw him laughing at first. So I right. think that. Whatever he's dealing with with um, Jada, you know, maybe he needs to get get out of that marriage, you know, and find himself. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or get some kind of anger issue um, counseling or whatever. I mean, for standing up for his wife who cheated on him um, at least one time is is definitely good. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I've been a fan of his but way let's back. Let's not pretend you know, that we'll do any cheating either. Like, let's you know, like. Mm, let's be fair. Let's be fair. True, but I it guess it's all speculation. Open, they had an right? open, honest relationship. He knew that she was cheating. You know, they also had a, like open conversations about how sometimes that you know they would not be mon- monogamous. Like, let's say, yeah. right. you know, that they were having an like, open marriage. So it seems like that was more her choice than his, from what I've seen. It's like, let's have a marriage. He's like, oh, no, we don't. Yeah, come on, let's have it. Let's have it. Oh. You know, like, I don't. <laughs> he didn't seem like he was like super on board. I think he was doing it mostly for her from what I've seen. But yeah, that's it. Well, I think we should move on from that topic because I think that's a topic we've talked about for three weeks already. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. 
<laughs> the more yeah, coming weeks, the more things that come up. But uh, uh, let's see. So at the box office, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 exceeded expectations. Uh, the number one movie uh, in America. Uh, I'm pretty shocked. I didn't see it, but I finally did see Morbius, um, which is the number two movie. Um, did anyone see Sonic? No. I did. No. Yeah. Uh, honestly, disclosure, I haven't even seen Sonic 1. <laughs> It wasn't really a movie that was motivated to see. I am a Jim Carrey fan, but I don't know. I just I, I was just never motivated to see it, you know. Um, yeah, I saw the first one and I was kind of bored watching it. I know a lot of people liked it, so I don't know if I was just like in a bad mood that night when I saw right. it or what. But <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe I'm not the you know the demographic that they want to um, uh, target. That's true. And and let's see, it made 71 million uh, over the weekend, so that that's pretty damn good. Um, Morbius, which was the number one movie last week, um, is a runner-up with 10.2 million, and um, you know what? It got a lot of heat, uh, critics-wise. Um, you know, really low score on Rotten Tomatoes for critics, but uh, the audiences were a little more forgiving, and I think I'm more siding with the audience on this one. I thought, I thought the film was fair. I mean, it was a fun film. I mean, we haven't seen vampires in um, a superhero universe, so it was kind of well, I guess Blade is kind of one, right? But um, it was kind of cool to see that aspect, you know. Um, and uh, we talked about it last week. Jared Leto is such a method actor. The dude freaking went to the bathroom in between takes in his crutches initially because, you know, he was he played a cripple initially before he got his abilities as a vampire. And then production said he was taking too goddamn long. They put him in a wheelchair and just... And he would stay in the wheelchair and go to to the restroom that way. Uh, <laughs> did he hang upside down at the urinal or what? Right, exactly. Did that as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, third place, The Lost City, uh, with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Fourth place was Ambulance, or as they say in Baltimore, Ambulance. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like that. Ambulance. <laughs> Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing with Dean. I saw it. I didn't really like it that much. Didn't like it that much? Okay, then I'll yeah. skip that one, too. <laughs> uh, oh, so it wasn't one of Michael Bay's finer ones? Michael Bay, yeah. And here's the thing, and I knew it was a Michael Bay movie going into it, but it's like mm-hmm. you kind of like want to give him the benefit of a doubt. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's pretty much like a, you know, two hour, like two hour, ten minute um, chase. Like every mm-hmm. one of his movies. And like, dude can't hold a camera to save his life. It's shaking all around and everything. <laughs> like, he's getting nauseous after a while. It's just like Transformers. You know, Transformers would have those like long, oh, yeah. like hour and a half battles. It's like it gets to be too much. I can I can love like a twenty minute battle, you know, get into it, but like if it keeps going on and on after a while, you just like need a breather. Mm-hmm. And he won't give it to sure. you. Uh, no. uh, yeah. yeah, he's always making things a challenge. Yeah. Rounding up the top five is the Batman, the three hour. Let me repeat, three-hour movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Wow. <laughs> Which, that, that was that, the last film I saw in theaters. <laughs> last film you thought? Yeah, you're still, you're still watching it, too, Art. <laughs> ah. Yeah, you know, it's like long, long film lengths are different for everybody. It depends on the story and how you like it. For me, I didn't feel that. didn't feel three hours, but I really enjoyed it because no. I like the world. But there's other movies I've seen that felt every single fucking bit as yes. long as it was. You know, right, I've yeah. seen an hour and a half movie that feels like it's two and a half hours. Yeah. So that's true. You know, it's all about the story and if you're into it or not. And I'm just a Batman geek, so it's just like I was I was down for it. So and it was but fun. yes, three hours is pretty crazy. Really <laughs> on how movies have gotten nowadays. Like almost every movie that's out there now is like over two hours. 
Well, that's you know, fine. That, yeah, we're in this hours. weird swing where everything's two hours minimum, yet we all have this short attention span because we live by the <laughs> reel. You know, yeah. like we live by the Instagram reels and the Facebook reels and stuff. It's like and now TikTok has been shorter. It's like thirty seconds, like right. one minute videos, and it's right. like boom, and it's over. Yeah. Now you gotta so plan. You gotta plan your like um, your water intake before the movie now too. Exactly. Like, do, I, do I want to drink any water? Like it's two hours before the movie, I'm gonna be in the movie <laughs> for like three hours. I might have to skip water today. Well, number three was Morbius on my list, which we already talked about a little bit, but it's one of the first superhero movies I've seen under a two-hour runtime. It's well, one hour, one hour and forty-four minutes long. Mor- Morbius. That's shocking in the superhero world. We never get a. Um, a superhero movie that short. It's usually aren't over. Most two of hours. the Sony's um, movies that are exclusive, Sony, um, aren't they mostly under two hours? It wasn't Venom, pretty much under two hours. Okay, you might be right about that. Maybe maybe it is a Sony yeah. first thing. And how long is the Mar- cost again? It's like- but then again, the this is 14 <laughs> hours. I swear to God, it's like, yes. And you'll feel every hour of this podcast, too. um but one thing i loved about morbius they're 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 bringing back the multiverse and michael keaton appeared in the end credits as vulture son of a bitch you're in it for me uh and uh (laughs) well he was was in the trailer you saw him he's in the trailer trailer. it's not really i I blinked um but uh look for a team up in a future spider verse movie where whether it's morbius 2 whether it's a sinister six movie um heck it might even be the um the madam web movie with dakota johnson um because i know that's an upcoming i know right dakota johnson spicy yeah Uh, (laughs) 50 shades of dakota for sure um um, so we're bringing on mia very shortly number four on my list guys the fast family is getting captain marvel can you believe that oh thank god fast and furious 10 is getting brie larson chachi you're not really happy about the news of Brie Larson joining the cast. I'm happy because now it gives me another reason not to watch any more Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. I haven't watched like the last two. I've I've given up on Fast and Furious movies. They're ridiculous. Like like the last one I saw is when they were jumping their cars from window to window from building to building. Um, yeah. In these high rises. It's physics. The show defies physics. It does. Physics. Yeah. It does. And I don't like things that defy physics and things that. I mean, granted, I love sci-fi, so I guess that's kind of a oxymoron, really. But. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, I, like I'm, I'm driving. I hit a I hit a bump in the road, and my back's fucked up for a week. And I don't know how these guys are jumping from building to building. Hello? Building. Yeah. All right. Well, we we actually have our special guest. We're so yes. happy to have on below the belt show. She's promoting a great film called Coast, which you can catch on demand at all your favorite platforms like iTunes and YouTube, and uh, has a limited theater run as well. Um, we have Mia Frampton here on Below the Belt Show. Mia, good to have you. Hey, Mia. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us on BTV and uh, love the film. What a great film. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I've been a part of this project for almost 10 years, actually. What? Um, oh. was, yes. It's crazy. Um, I was still in college. Happen? I was still in college when I auditioned and then you know, it, it's hard to make movies these days. It's hard to get a budget. It's hard to get everyone's schedules down. It's, you know, we were lucky that we shot it almost uh, like just right before COVID. So we at least didn't have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, so it, you, we all kind of got to grow up together. Wow. Wow. It's almost like that movie Boyhood <laughs> with Patricia Arquette. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took place over 10 years because it was 
it wasn't developed exactly. for so long in the pandemic yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, it's, like a, it's a real coming of age movie. You actually see them grow on the screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not just saying that. Right. Uh, wow. <laughs> so since you were involved, this was something. Was this something you still had to audition for? Yeah, yeah, you know, the audition process was interesting in that we, it was, you know, usually when you go on an audition, it's like just you and the casting director and that's it. Um, But in this situation, it was me, the girl who was going to play the lead, Fatima, uh, the other Mia, Kaylee, so the group of girls, like it was all us, um, however many years ago that was. And um, Jessica and Derek were very, you know, they're creatives and to see us in, I guess, uh, an interesting point of view, they had us play musical chairs um, and see how we interacted. So that was kind of the audition. Um, It was interesting. I mean, I did have to read a little bit, but we we got to improv. So audition is, uh, I don't know, experience is a better word, I think. Interesting. Well, you mentioned improv because, uh, which I want to get to uh, Bridesmaids a little bit because I oh, saw yeah, the un- uncut edited scene of <laughs> your scene with Kristen Wiig, which was which a lot of improv. Yeah. So, so you're saying, was there a lot of improv uh, within this film? Um, you know, um, yeah, Jessica and Derek were very uh, open and welcome to new ideas, super collaborative. Um, they knew we were living, yes, we were a few years older than our characters at that point, but right. we'd experienced yeah, it and totally. we, yeah, right. Um, and we kind of just could speak from our characters better, maybe if we didn't think a line rang true to who we thought the character was. Um, it was, they were very okay with us changing things. It was, it was great. Yeah. That's awesome. And in your own words, why don't you tell us a little bit about the synopsis of the film? Oh, well, it has, like we said, it's a coming of age tale, um, but at at, at the basis of it. But overall, it's just a a story that I think most girls at 16 can um, identify with feeling stuck or in a situation where they just are need to get out, need to get away, need to experience new things. Um, And my favorite part of the film is how music plays into it. So basically, Abby, our main character, um, has a little romance with um, a band from L.A. And I also, my character, Christy, comes from L.A. as well. And she's, I would say, the bad influence. Um, (laughs) Very sarcastic, uh, which, you know, I loved doing. So Rebellious. uh, Yes, rebellious. I was really not a rebellious teen, so... Uh-huh. It was nice okay. to, yeah, no, I don't think, I think I got grounded like once. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was nice to um, play something different for once. Um, yeah, so uh, Abby falls in love with a boy from a band from Los Angeles, and it's, you know, seems all glitz and glamour. And um, I guess amidst the music, the punk rock music scene. Which I um, love, but. Yeah, I recognize yeah, some of the songs like uh, Joy Division and Susie and the Banshees and uh, the Happy yeah. the Happy House song. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was super. Um, it, it was great. I mean, uh, music has always been a massive part of my life, and I, I haven't really why. experienced the punk rock. 
Yeah, I don't I don't either. It's super strange. Um, <laughs> Chachi, you know what you're, I know what you're alluding to, Chachi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I I never really knew much about the punk rock scene. You know, I grew up with like my favorite what bands when rock? I was younger were like Green Day and My Chemical Romance and like that's oh, like okay. kind of but I wouldn't say that's punk. It's not punk. It's That's more uh, pop punk, yeah. Pop punk. That's yeah. a good yeah. That's, Chemical Romance, Good Charlotte, okay. Hello Card, yeah. Yeah. Yes. The 20 the 2000s were fun. Um and so yeah, she I guess you can say she finds herself along the way and it's also a love story not just with the love interest but with her mother as well. And you know, because my father was touring and all that, I kind of identified with that as well. Um I was by no means, you know, my parents were together, but I was essentially raised by my just my mom, a single mom. So I, I definitely identified with that as well. Interesting. Wow. Uh, what What is your relationship like with the the legendary Peter Frampton? You know, he's my dad. We're we're close, but um, <laughs> yeah, he definitely uh, gave me the itch to get into this crazy business. Um, yeah, we're we're close, but you you know, it's. It's that uh, that he was always touring and I was in L.A. going to school, auditioning and working and stuff. So, um, you know, he's just my dad. He's he's Love an interesting that. guy. <laughs> now, did you so, go ahead, I was thinking, even as a kid? Like, did you like realize that he was like this, you know, rock legend or did or for you? Does it seem like um, what he did? Like, oh, like your music's nerdy, dad. You know, how any like kid um, wants to like, you know, dad. think their parents are nerdy. Right. No, my dad is definitely nerdy. Um, you know, we're big like Austin Powers fans, if that tells you anything. Um, no, you know, he's yeah, um, I was more just as a kid. You're, you're you're like, why are you leaving me all the time? I don't understand. Like, yes, you have to go right. sing. But why? Um, and uh, I, I don't think I really grasped it until later. Um, I, I kind of was like, why are all these people into my dad? That's weird. Like, I mean, I like it too, but, um, it, like, I, I think I went on stage when I, when I was like five or something, uh, around that age. And it was just a very weird, I was, but I would say that was the first time I was like, huh, people are looking at me. This could be fun. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it, I don't think I really grasped it until much later. Well, I'm through your dad. Who are some of the coolest people that you met back when you were young that you look back now and you're like, wow, I actually met that person. That's so cool. Um, oh, my God, there's so many. I uh, my dad is good friends with Ringo Starr. So wow. that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and I think I don't know. Mm -hmm. if they went, yeah, I don't know if they want to tour together something, but I guess he fed me blueberries as a kid. That's kind of a cool story. Oh, and then, cool. <laughs> and then Bill Wyman, um, in the Rolling Stones, he, uh, my dad and him are good friends as well. Um, and I almost drowned in their pool. Oh wow! Oh God! Who came, who came to the rescue? My mom, of course. Oh good. Um, <laughs> oh, well, thank no, God she rescued like you. Three years old, and I was probably thinking it's hot outside. I'd like to get in there, not thinking I could not swim. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been all around. I mean, my dad, um, I think he hosted like a pre Grammy kind of thing. Um, and I got to meet Snoop Dogg and that was extremely cool. How cool. Oh, very cool. 
Very yeah, he was like, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love you. But yeah. <laughs> so what musical um, influence did you um, get from your dad, whether it's singing or any performing? Obviously, you're an actress and you're awesome uh, as an actress. And <laughs> of course, your performance at Coast was amazing. But uh, did, did you did you grow up with any particular, you know, playing any instruments or singing? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I've always loved singing, you know, guitar playing is something I used to do, um, a lot, but then I, you know, I didn't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. So I kind of stuck to acting, um, for a little bit. And, you know, my dream is definitely to have a role where I can, you know, implement my love for singing as well. Um, so maybe one day, but definitely singing and, and guitar playing. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to be playing guitar for anyone to hear just quite yet. Right. Cause this movie is all about music. So mm-hmm. I was thinking with, with your, I mean, wondering, cause you had mentioned the musical chairs, were you actually considered for the Abbey role, uh, because of your musical uh, background? No, you know, um, Fatima was all, I think was always considered for that role. And okay. I think she uh, portrayed it so perfectly yeah um, just that inner struggle and you know I think any type of any actor who chooses this can be a performer on stage so I'm sure she could identify with that as well so um but yeah no I was always uh I always had my eye on Christy as well I was gonna say like I, I would like to see you like like talk through your guitar like your dad and see if you can pull that yeah. off yeah I, I don't think um, I would do it at, at the caliber that my father has, but um, it would be interesting to watch me try. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> so the Coast film, it looked like so much fun to shoot. You guys shot in Santa Maria, uh, California, yes. which is a small town. Um, tell us just like, about your, your day-to-day experiences on set. And uh, um, I mean, it seemed like you mentioned it's a 10-year in-the-making uh, film. Uh, but it looked like yes. you're all having a lot of fun on set, it seemed. Yeah, so something that when I was young that I didn't realize, that whenever it's nighttime outside, it's most likely four in the morning when they're shooting that. So oh, wow. um, when, I, yeah, when I became an actor, I, was, I didn't realize how many night shoots there are. Like any time it's nighttime in the film, you're shooting like – like my call time would usually be 6 p.m. and then we'd leave at six in the morning. Um, I've had call times like that before. They're brutal. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, A lot of coffee. (sighs) Um, But it was so fun. I mean, we kind of all got on the same schedule. I kind of felt like a vampire at at one point. Um, And because, you know, when you're in those like all night shoots, it's kind of a sense of camaraderie. And you all just kind of bond together. Um, But there was a lot of music. I mean, there was live bands and, um, you know, the ceremonies and Kane Ricochet that um, play the band. Um, And, um, yeah, so it it was a bonding experience for sure. And it was a small set. So that kind of just brings you closer together overall. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And how was Very the director's cool. uh, style? Um, how did you enjoy interacting um, with the directors? There's two directors in the film, right? Yes, Derek and Jessica. Um, yeah. um, I mean, they're, like I mentioned, 
mentioned, they're super creative and just so so open to suggestion and open to play. I feel like the word play was used a lot. Um, and also DJ, the director of photography, um, they all kind of um, were one at times because the film is shot so beautifully and it's honestly a love letter to Santa Maria. And um, uh, I, I would say, you know, there was just such a connection between them all um, of being open to try things and, you know, get that extra take if you needed it. You know, there was never like, time was a constraint for us no matter how long it took and unless you know the sun was setting then we might have had to speed it up a little bit but right um <laughs> for continuity yeah purposes. no i mean it, exactly yes <laughs> um and even at one point i think there's like this scene where i fall and i swear I, we had um it was us walking down the stairs into the beach and i fall um and it took us so long because the the stunt figuring out the stunt that it was nighttime by the time so they did some sort of movie magic and it's still the same time i don't know how they did it but um so yeah it, it was just very um collaborative and um you felt very they made us feel very comfortable that's awesome yeah. i want to get chance for art uh jessica or sarah if you have a uh want to throw out a question to mia <laughs> Anyone want to step up? <laughs> yeah, I would love to step up. Hi, how you doing? Sorry about Hi. the uh, baby in the background and stuff. That's, oh, uh, that's my don't job. apologize. I'm Jessica Ray. Um, I really enjoyed watching Coast. It was really awesome from start to finish. You know, the cameramen okay. know exactly what they're doing. Obviously, the writers know what they're doing. The directors you know, the directors know what they're doing. Um, but I just wanted to ask you how you felt with basically a lot of female cast, like all of you, what yeah. was just, there was the four of you, were you super close through the filming? Was it like friendships? Was there any, yeah, um, yeah talk um, to us about I'm, how that experience was with all these women, like around <laughs> the same age on yeah. I mean, it's so nice. It's so refreshing. And, you know, Cindy, the writer, kind of w gave us room because she gave us characters that were real. And I was so sick of seeing the common tropes of girl next door, mean girl, blah, blah, blah. Just those were the only things that I was auditioning for. And, you know, Christy is, so, is multi-layered like women are. And we're complicated and we're messy and whatever. But um, yeah, you know, because none of us lived in Santa Maria except Kaylee, she lived, was born and lived there. Um, we bonded together because we didn't know our surroundings. So every weekend we were hanging out and doing things. And um, it definitely, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't born in Los Angeles, but I've been here. So I feel like I'm from here um i've been here for like 10, oh, 15 years or something so but i i never really felt a strong connection to los angeles and kind of going someplace outside but still within california kind of made me and us fall back in love with it um and it made me ha definitely have a different connection to it to see different types of people and not just 
the Los Angelinos. <laughs> but yeah, we we bonded in um I mean it was just beautiful. And one day we went um dune dune riding, what is it called? In like one of those cars where you you can you hold on dune for your life. But it, thank you, dune buggies. Oh yeah. my god. I I thought I died at one point, but um, <laughs> it was it was super fun. I mean, and especially um, this isn't like uh, an uncommon thing on lower budget films. You just um, are together all the time. It's such a small set. And um, therefore you become close. You become your own, you know, um, surrogate family um, because it's it. It takes time and it takes patience and it's a lot of work, but you um, definitely bond through all of that. All right. A coast the feature dot. Oh, I'm sorry. Sarah, please. Are you guys so close since you guys have that bond? I mean, 10 years is a long time to be filming together. I know. So I we just had uh, the premiere in Los Angeles. and um, That was my question. And, the premiere. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I hadn't seen Fatima in so long because she goes to college in Stanford. So um, it was just so nice. And, you know, with COVID, it was so difficult to see people in general. Um, but it was just so nice. And I said to her, you know, because there are like, a little bit of a gap like she's just graduating college and I graduated in 2018 and you know um so I know what she's going through and I I this sounds cheesy and I'm sure everyone says it and no one believes it but we I know that I would do anything for her and she would do anything for me so oh, yeah that's awesome that is awesome mm -hmm. so coast is the official website for coast um, you can check it out on iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, Vudu, all the platforms. Uh, but I, I did have a question about working on yes. Bridesmaids because I saw that amazing clip that we alluded to a yes. little earlier. Uh, and Tachi, you told me that should have been the final cut, that 10-minute extended. I think so, yeah. I mean, uh, it, was, it was a long <laughs> cut, but I laughed the whole time watching it. And it got funnier and funnier. Or Trading Shade with Kristen yeah. Wiig. And a lot of that was improv, Mia? Was that, was, was that uh, a lot of or? I would say like 90%. It was improv. 90, yeah, yeah. How do you come up with insults? Yeah. And you were like probably that? like what? You were like what, 14 at the time you filmed that? Yeah. Um, That's pretty incredible. You know, I <laughs> comedy has always been my forte. <laughs> I loved it. I, I you know, um, it's just what I love to do. And I think growing up, amidst adults with my dad's line of work and then growing up you grow up very quickly on film sets right. um and i think it kind of accelerated my adult humor and um yeah i also did second city um for a summer or two and i i, I always just um liked riffing it's kind of like guitar solos but you're doing it verbally <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That's pretty amazing because at 14, like my only comeback was like, I'm rubber, you're glue. Like, I couldn't yeah. rip back and forth like you were in that at 14. So that's pretty amazing. <laughs> You'd be I mean, I did have a pretty good scene partner. So I'm not going to take all the credit there. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's, that's hilarious. It's a really mean shade on. on <laughs> I think you won the, the battle, actually. I think so, too. After watching. <laughs> I think Yeah, I'm being honest. Yeah. I think I yeah. did. I mean, you, you said some hurtful I'm things. I'm proud. <laughs> yeah, she's probably she's probably still talking to her therapist over some of those um jabs 
Well, hey, she lost um, her job uh, at the jewelry. I'm happy getting the therapist business. Yes. <laughs> if, they, if they were doing bridesmaids too, and they asked you to reprise your role for a similar scene with Kristen Wiig going back and forth, what would your thoughts be on that? Oh my God, I would be like, yes, please, I'll be there. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a amazing experiment, uh, experiment, experiment and experience, and. Yes. Um, I didn't know what it was going to turn into. I didn't know it was going to be like that. I mean, I honestly didn't even know if they were going to keep the scene in. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'll be there. I'll be there with bells and whistles on. That were you awesome. kind of mad to see the, the scene, um, uh, was edited down for the final, the final cut? No, because I, I didn't even expect much of it. I was just so excited okay. to be a part of it. Um, and you know, I, I, I still got a very cool argument in my, under my belt. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That yeah. is awesome. But do you have one person that you would love to, um, act with in, in a, in a project? Who's oh your God. dream? That's your like dream asking what your movie is. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love right now, the first person that's coming to my mind is Jessica Chastain. Um, okay. I, yes. I, I just Jasper saw her in, at the Oscars. Yes, I just yes. saw her in the Eyes of Tammy, and oh my god! And Andrew Garfield, you know, not easy on, uh, not hard on the eyes, and then also very <laughs> good actor. So I'll take I'll take either of those from that movie. I would be honored. That's amazing. I can see I can see you in a Marvel film though. I can see that. Oh my god! You're. <laughs> Please, I need you guys to come over. You're making me feel so good. Marvel is my oh. dream. I just, God. I just over. That's good. Just, just really? What, what I, character? I always, what character? Because yeah, I'm a big, we're all, um, a few of us are big comic book people here. So. Oh my God. Okay, so I have it because I've talked to my boyfriend about this endlessly and he's like, please shut up. I, they're just making it now. So I can't, I don't have the chance, but they're making She-Hulk. Okay. And I think it would be so funny because I'm five foot nothing that a five foot nothing girl turned into this purple monster. Like, I just think that would be hilarious. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So probably She-Hulk, just because it hasn't been done before. And I, I'm i I'm obsessed with Marvel. I'm like the biggest Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek nerd. St so. Oh, wow. Star Wars is my other favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same, same here. Of course, yeah. there's a lot of big um, you know, projects on Disney Plus with, with the yeah. Star Wars universe. Very, very yeah, fa cool. Favorite Star Wars movie? Oh my God! Asking all the hard questions tonight. I know. I was not prepared for these questions. Yes. Um, we like to get the nerds. It's a Phantom Menace, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks, your Jar Jar Binks. Um, you know, I really loved. I did really like the new one. Um, where Rise I'm of Skywalker. The, yeah, I did. Like, okay. I loved the little like weird romance that you were kind of grossed out about, but you were kind of into it. Right. Um, but then, um, I mean, the originals are just so good. All of them. I pick yeah. all of them. <laughs> like, all right. Well, let's see uh, Mia Frampton in an upcoming Marvel or Star Wars film, and then we'll yes. have you we'll have you back to talk I'm about down. those projects for sure. Mia, Manifest thank you, it. thank you so much for uh, talking to you on Below the Belt Show. And before we uh, let you go, if you could uh, do a promo, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug mm -hmm. for Coast. And where mm -hmm. we can find it, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Okay. 
Hi, my name is Mia Frampton. Please go see Coast, which is on Video On Demand, Apple TV, Amazon, where you see all those movies. And I am on Below the Belt. Yes, all right. Very good, very good. That's time for a photo op. Chachi, we take okay. the others. All right. On the count of three. On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Good. All right. Fun. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys so much. I had Thank a great you, time. Mia. This Thank you, Mia. Interview. Thank you. Have, right. have a great yeah. night. All right. Bye. Wow. Mia was, was awesome. It was Wow. Great. Yeah. She's a great film uh, so called Post. Yes. You definitely well, watched that um, that Bridesmaids um, clip. Oh, God. On, on YouTube. Stuff. It's hilarious. Good stuff. <laughs> Just 10 minutes of insults back and forth. So we also have to say goodbye to Artie Hall. Um, who's, oh, uh, no. He, he's a new dad. He's oh, no. What board, a tragedy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, his time right, is yeah. limited, but very precious. Um, so he's, we appreciate He's got a breastfeed. He's got a breastfeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to you, Artie, because uh, I know what that parenting thing is like. She's, uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you have, Artie? Do you have a boy or girl? I'm a little ahead of me, so I'll, I'll come to you for some advice. <laughs> you're, you can anytime, She's a little anytime. Bolder. I'm a 24-hour yeah. person. <laughs> you're asking about? You have a boy or girl, Artie? A boy. Oh, good for you. A wee son, yep. Oh, well, congratulations, Artie. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, guys and gals. It's a pleasure. Good to see your pleasure. faces and your voices. Um, till we'll the see next, next time. time. Till next time, Marty. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That was disappointing Except and subversive out. cinema, right? That's right. That was disappointing subversive cinema. Check him out. Sorry, I mean, I mean if you have time, check him out. If you want to listen to our show, listen to our show first, then check out his show. Right. Yeah, if you have time. If you have time. If you left over. Right. Come on. You nothing better to do, you know, if you have a, a few hours <laughs> laying around, you know. Yeah, a long road trip, sitting on the turnpike, that sort of thing. Yeah. If you're in yes. prison. All right. and you, you, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. See you, Artie. All right, Artie. <laughs> All right. That was Art Hall and, of course, our special guest, Mia Frampton. Um, so, yeah, let's throw out a couple more things before we take a classic It's always cut, interesting right? to see, like, you know, people who grew up and have, like, famous parents. Like, it's... Yeah, be a, a totally crazy experience. Yeah, totally. And um, you, you, and of course, you know, they a lot. Some people <laughs> say that it's it's easier to get break into show business, but sometimes it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then just having like all these people like, um, just like cheering for your dad. I mean, like my dad um, owns a plumbing company, and like, people only cheer for him like if they're like the toilet pipes are busted, right? <laughs> yeah, and they're, and they're like flooding and everything. That's when they cheer for him. But it's not like, right. all have like big crowds of people cheering for him. So. <laughs> Gotta be a weird, weird feeling. Well, a hero in different ways, nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, very, very good. All right, uh, continuing on on the countdown, uh, number five on the list is the Barbie movie, and I mentioned Margot Robbie earlier. As you know, she's one of my favorites. Nice. My, my uh, second favorite Aussie is Jessica Ray. My first favorite Aussie is Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Margot Robbie in a Barbie that. movie. You have to say that. Yeah, uh, yeah, a Barbie movie with Margot Robbie. Well, that's uh, the Ryan. first time I wanted to play with Barbies my whole life. Oh, So it's Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, <laughs> Sami Lu, and Kate McKinnon in the cast, and just joining the cast of this Barbie movie. Will Ferrell, one of my favorites. Wow, he's gotta be, he's gotta be Ken, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't a know. Geriatric Ken. I would imagine Ryan Gosling would be Ken. I mean, oh, he's really? just yeah. Would would you I guess? Mean, I hope so. Right, that would make the most sense, right? It would be Ryan. How Gosling. funny would it be with Will Ferrell? Like he's like he's built like um you know even like anatomically um like Ken as a Ken doll. He's pulled out his pants and like you don't see anything. You don't see anything, yeah. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> I'd yeah, laugh. I, w- I would like to see that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're making a movie out of every toy. They are. I mean, they're. I mean, I mean, Christ! I, Transformers, GI Joe, um, Plato. I think we talked about uh, having. Yeah, there was something that was weird. They were making a movie. Was it Plato? Is like, or Slinky, or is it something weird they were doing? I'm like, yeah, a movie like, out of that. Slinky. <laughs> yeah, something they weird they're making. Two-hour movie on the Slinky. Slinky, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Oh this is just like, crazy. You know, you walk downstairs so many times. I know what it is, Josh. <laughs> the Halloween Spirit Store. Yeah, that's another one they're doing. Yeah. What the hell? No. Come on. Uh, see, I'm one of those Halloween marks where, like, when they open that store up for the season, I get super excited. So I'll probably right. go see it. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, number six on the list is Kitty Green's upcoming thriller, The Royal Hotel, starring. Mm. Matrix stars Jessica Henwick and Hugo Weaving. Um, so they both appeared in the original Matrix trilogy, um, but Hugo didn't appear in the, the fourth film. Um, I was lucky but, for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but one of my, my my other favorites is Julia Garner, who plays Ruth on Ozark, is starring oh, in this yeah. film. Yeah, she's amazing. Probably one of the okay. best young actresses out today. She is just amazing, just just so convincing, and can her accents and the and she can do multiple accents. Yeah. I mean, it's just that wild. It is absolutely wild. I first heard her like in a regular interview. I'm like, oh, oh my god, that's her voice. Like, I thought I know, she really yeah. sounded like she does on the show. Yeah, yeah, she's a New Yorker uh, that yeah. can just do Southern. She can do an inventing Anna. She played you know Eastern European socialite, you know, um, but. Um, yeah, it's based on a true story, this film. Um, and actually, um, Julia Garner and um, Kitty Green collaborated on the film The Assistant. And uh, Julia plays Hannah, who alongside her best friend Liv, played by Jessica Henwick, goes backpacking in Australia. There you go, Jessica. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> After running out of money, the women take a live-in job at the Royal Hotel. Okay, um, a bar located in the remote mining town in the Australian outback. Yeah. Hey. The best part about Australia is no tipping. It's amazing. <laughs> Not at bars. Like, like everyone yeah. gets paid like a, like a you know, living wage. And like, right. Yeah, a bar, a restaurant, takes, there's no tipping. Nobody takes in Australia. That's actually the case yeah. in London, England. The, the bartender looked like I was mad. When yeah, I when they get insulted, we try to tip them. They're like, I make good money. Like, why are you trying to tip me? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I used to busk in this cafe um, back in Melbourne and busk. What am I talking about? I used to bus <laughs> tables, bus, <Okay. laughs> but I did busk, but I <laughs> right, you did bus. both. You did both. Um, but yeah, and uh, they were like, you know, Channel 9 executives. So they're making a lot of money and they would come in and they would tip us. And so some of the places in the city have kind of changed their ways i want to say in the way that they do you know obviously everybody appreciates like extra money yeah um but i don't know back like when i was growing up it wasn't really a thing but now in the city 
like the more times that I went back than not, uh, some of the high-end restaurants and high-end cafes, like in Melbourne, actually, people do tip. Interestingly oh. enough. Like, it's a new thing that they're doing now. Interesting. It's probably our bad yeah. influence. We, we ruin everything. It's the American, the American influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ruin it. Has something good I mean, going on there. complaining because not only are they getting a really fair wage, but they're also getting money on top of that fair wage. So, oh, exactly. so they're making out pretty well. Yeah, not a bad gig. <laughs> All right, moving on to number seven. It's Netflix on the list. Two big trailers for two very popular shows Ooh. have dropped. One being Russian Doll. Yes, uh, the season two trailer for Russian Doll uh, has an interesting twist this season it's about time traveling and uh natasha leone's character says it's not where are we it's when are we as uh there was a flashbacks to an 80s flash mob in one scene in the trailer and there's actually a sophie's choice poster um on the subway car so that kind of gave you an idea of what time period they were in but uh they got my attention now yeah i know you're a big fan of time traveling uh in the 80s in the 80s, right. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. You got to tune into Russian Doll? I don't know if I will, but okay. let, me, let me know how it is. If it's good, okay. I might watch well, it. Well, season one was good. Now, season one wasn't about time traveling. It was all, all about the Groundhog Day effect from going back to the same starting point. Over and oh, really? Again. Yeah. I don't know anything about this show, honestly, but um, it sounds pretty cool. It's weird, kooky, and it stars Natasha Leone from American Pie. So it's definitely That's all worth, I need to know now. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Um. But the show I know they were very interested in, Chachi, is Stranger mm. Things. The yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, season four trailer, yes, just dropped. Um, and of course, it's one of my favorite shows on Netflix. And uh, it's interesting, first of all, seeing all the kids growing up. I mean, these kids were like, you know, 12, 13 years old when the show started, right? And now they're like yeah. 18, 18 years old, you know? Yeah, I think I met um, 11 at the New York Comic Con when she was actually 11. When she was actually like, 11. Yes, right? yes, it's been <laughs> a long time. And now she's she's 18 years old, yeah. Right. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, no, the trailer was dope. I mean, I, I think it's super cool. Um, we get to find out what happens with David Harbour's character of Hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, just people try to claim that he was dead, um, from the end of last year. And I argued, I'm like, there's no way he's dead unless you see someone actually die. Unless you see an actual body. Right. Yeah. That's that's basically the rule of thumb. Basically. But But yeah, uh, season, season three came out, um, July 4th, 2019. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Three year gap, son. Right. This one starts in uh, May. Long wait. Almost three years exactly, because it comes out late May um, for the first part of um, the season. I mean, that's like one of the longest probably in between seasons of a you know regularly running show. Yeah. The trailer opens up to a huge mystery uh, over footage of the machine that the Russians were using to try to open the door of the Upside Down. Um, and um, there's an ominous voice that says, you've broken everything. Your suffering is almost at an end. Um, and then we see... Uh, flash of pale eyes with extreme scarring and deformation so uh yeah pretty pretty creepy and crazy um jessica sorry have you watched stranger things before have you tuned in yeah it's a fun yeah, show it. yeah it's really such, good. such a such a fun show um and they yeah, got the they got the 80s period piece right you know sometimes 
they, they don't yes. get it right. Yeah, but they really they really understood how it went, you know. Yeah, it's not like overly 80s like some, you know, like some other 80s um shows like uh, if you guys remember that um 70s show had a spin-off called that 80s show. Mm-hmm. And oh, it yeah. it was so over the top 80s and like like every scene they were playing with Rubik's cubes and like, you know, they're wearing like all these bright <laughs> um you know, all these um shocking pink colors and everything. And it was like all stuff that wasn't really like the 80s, you know, how they portrayed it. But Stranger Things, you know, it really takes um, you know, after all these, you know, classic 80s movies like, you know, E.T., Firestarter, Poltergeist, like all these like classic um, 80s movies. And they and they do it right, you know, and like high quality. Um, definitely one of my favorite shows on probably my second favorite show like on TV right now. Second favorite. Your first being yeah. um, let me guess. Let me guess. Better yeah. call Saul. You're right. You're right. Wow. <laughs> I love that series. You like that, too? Oh, great. Yeah. Isn't that great? It is so good. It was it was a little slow in the beginning for me, yes. but season two and three, I'm like, okay, it gets better. <laughs> oh, I do yeah, got a yeah. news bit about that. We'll drop on that a little bit later. Yeah. And um, right before we take a classic up break, some uh, casting things on Netflix. Lily Collins, Emily in Paris, as you know, she's one of my dream matches I'd like to see. Uh, anyways, uh, Lucian Laviscount, who recurred in the second season as Alfie, will be uh, promoted to main cast member for the upcoming season three. And Jessica Alba is returning to acting after a little bit of a hiatus on a show called Confessions on the 745, which is in development at Netflix. It's based on um, a Lisa Unger book of the same name, a psychological thriller about a working mom who meets a stranger on a train as she is commuting home who upends her life. All right. So her life unravels. Betrayals are revealed, blah, blah, blah. But, it, you know, it's cool. Um, <laughs> all right. So with that being said, let's go ahead and take a classic cut break. Uh, so uh, Sounds good to me. I think you want to hear your theme music, right? I always want to hear my theme music. <laughs> people, the people demand it. People demand it. Okay, here we go. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Yeah, that's right. Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut. Where each and every week that I'm here, I'll dig deep, deep into our archives and rip out a cassette tape, a classic cassette tape for your listening pleasure. And this week is no different. We're just talking about the new trailer for Stranger Things. Stranger and I don't know who creates the trailers for Stranger Things, but it's always on point. It's always amazing. They always <laughs> have a great 80s song in the trailer. Um, I mean, definitely movie quality, probably even better than movie quality trailers they produce. You know, give that person or team a raise. But in this um, last trailer they came out with um, the other day, they actually use a Journey song. And surprisingly for uh, most people, Journey has a lot of songs, not just Don't Stop Believing, which a lot of people think it's the only song that Journey sings <laughs> and the only song in the world. Oh. But Journey has a lot of great songs, even I think personally a lot better songs, even though I do enjoy that song. But this is one of the songs they had in the trailer and a different um you know, remix version of it's it remix, that we don't right? have. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have that version, but it's a real eerie um kind of version of Separate Ways World Apart, which is what I'm playing tonight. And this song is from J- January fifth, nineteen eighty three. Um 
which you know is not the year that they're going to do. Um, I think they're doing 86 um, this year on Stranger Things. I believe so. I believe they're um, at that time period still. But this is from actually 1983 by Journey, Steve Perry, Separate Ways, Worlds Apart. That's right. And we'll be back right after the classic cut. Separate Ways, that is a great, great song. Great Journey song. Phenomenal, phenomenal track. And yeah, man, those Stranger Things trailers are, man, it just gives you a lot of nostalgia when you watch that, man. Really cool stuff. Gives you goosebumps. I know, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a real good song. It's yeah. Good. All right, back to the countdown. Number eight is Disney Plus, and um, I'm really excited about this new ahsoka series which is all rosario dawson's character of ahsoka um her the former jedi um and production is going to start in la later this month so i need to find the casting notices so i can officially mark star wars off my resume which i've done marvel i've done winter soldier as a background and uh uh but now i I need to really do some star wars now so uh that's definitely next on the list so yeah. Along with Rosario Dawson, we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, we have Natasha Liu as Sabine Wren, U- Ukrainian actress Ivana Sakno, and Ray Stevenson, who will be playing the main antagonist, and the return of Hayden Christensen reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. So pretty, pretty exciting. And uh, Academy Award winner Pete Ramsey will direct at least one episode of Ahsoka. So they're getting the Academy Award treatment directing. Uh, Wait, so Hayden Christensen is going to be in this and in... in, um... He's going to be in Obi-Wan and in Ahsoka. Wow. He's going to work. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I imagine that since this timeline is around the timeline of The Mandalorian, it will be flashbacks. It'll have to be flashbacks. They're somehow going to have to, um, you know... The age Rosario, who doesn't really look that old to begin with. I'm no, sure. she's not great. Not going to be an issue. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. But speaking of The Mandalorian, myself and Chachi McFly uh, had the pleasure of attending Fan Expo in Philadelphia, where we got we exclusive interviews with some of the celebrity guests, including three of the Clerks cast members Jeff Anderson, who plays Randall, Brian O'Halloran, who plays Dante. And Trevor Furman, who appears in Clark's 2, one of the newer characters. Um, and also we interview Carolina Ravasa, who is a return uh, guest that I believe Sarah Snuffleupagus, you were, you were with us at KatsuCon when that happened. Yes. And um, last but not least, I get one question with Mandalorian star Ming-Na Wen, who plays Fennec Shand. Chachi, you got that one question in. I know. We uh, wanted more. We but yeah. We wanted more. So because the show is already so jam-packed, we're gonna start the fan expo interviews next week. So yeah. expect that next week. Um a lot of stuff here. Yeah, it's no rush because I mean it's based on content that's like 30 years old now. 
Oh, you're talking about the Clerks franchise? Yeah, yeah. So it's not like you're going to miss anything, you know. That, well, you they know, do talk about the upcoming Clerks 3. They do. But so that is something. Uh, right. But I do have to give a shout out to former Wizard World, yes. now Fan Expo, and the PR uh, folks, um, Jerry and Jim, were uh, incredible to work with. Yeah, they were with, great. Um, who approved uh, Below the Belt show to uh, and click on the show as a core partnership to attend the Fan Expo and conduct some interviews, and also to attend the uh, <laughs> uh, Silent Bob and Jay, or Jay and Silent Bob yes. panel, they call the Jay and Silent Bob show, which was so fun, um, was not for the faint of heart. Um, a lot of their stories on the road. Um, yeah, it was like an hour and a half, wasn't it? Like An hour like and a half of them talking. Pretty long panel, but they could but I was, I was talk all day long. I was entertained by every single minute. So. Yeah, I I own the old um Kevin Smith um what they called like an evening with Kevin Smith yes. from back in the day yes and, and the guy can tell a story and so can um you know the guy that played um Jay too um Jason, Jason Mewes yeah. yeah yeah and like you know Kevin got, got real personal talking about like one of the last times he was in Philly doing a con um his parents actually flew up. Um, to spend the night with him with some of his family who lives in Philly and they went out to dinner and his dad actually passed away the next day. So, but he talks about how great a night they had with his yeah. father, like on the, the last night of his life, you know, went out to a great dinner, had a great time, you know, and he looks That's back true. at Philly, you know, with, you know, a lot of, um, you know, happy times, you know, even though his dad died yeah. the next day with that, mm-hmm. it, was, it was such a good night that he had and like thinking that his parents, you know, his dad could have died down in Florida and never had that last night together. Yep. Because the guy wanted to come up and watch um, Kevin Smith um, do a panel and talk to the audience, um, answer questions and stuff that he really liked. I mean, he didn't really care for Kevin Smith's movies, um, <laughs> Kevin Smith said, but he did like watching. <laughs> he doesn't Kevin like his own son's work. Smith, but... Yeah, talk to the crowd and interact. They had with a nice relationship. You know? so yeah. Some really cool stories that he gave. and they were, It was so good. They're working so on a new um, comic that, is That's going right. to, um, that takes place around the time of um, – clerks and well, actually all his movies all his yeah, movies all right. in the view askew universe they're going to go to different points in different mo- in different movies in different timelines right. so that we never for, saw. right that we never saw yeah. for instance there was a funeral that took place in the first clerks movie they're going to go to what happened at the funeral and things like that right. uh that we did see a tiny bit of it but not a lot um and of course um i think another thing was going to take place right after the jay and silent bob um uh, reboot movie, like a scene right. like that takes place right after a particular point in that movie. So things like that, you're gonna see a it's lot. A pretty of- cool way to do it, you know, especially you know with a lot of the uh, with the actors being older now from Clerks and you yeah. know, older movies. This is a way for them to go back and tell more stories, and plus do it in, in comic book form, which is you know near and dear to Kevin Smith's heart. Yes, and of course the Clerks movies and all of really Kevin Smith's movies are near and dear to my heart. Love them all. Um, even the bad ones, they're still kind of good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, even when Kevin Smith is bad, he's still pretty funny. He's still pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see a really gross, crazy movie, check out Tusk. It's still one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen. Um, and it's a Kevin Smith movie, but it's one of his yeah. more underrated movies. But it's one of those jaw-dropping, crazy movies that um, probably I, you haven't seen this type of film from Kevin Smith before, but it's pretty crazy. Hmm. Um. All right, getting back to Disney Plus, they're doing a National Treasure series of the same name, and Justin Bartha is going to get back into the game. Um, 
I mean, these movies were okay at best. I mean, they came out in, what, 2004, 2007? I mean, is anyone really clamoring for a National Treasure series, you know? No, especially without Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is attached, you know? You know, it doesn't really make any sense to, to do a series, but... Uh, yeah. But, you know, you know, Disney's going to milk what they got, <laughs> whatever they have. Right, right. Um, and that, well, you know, that won't... You can't really eliminate the fact that he may make a cameo appearance, you know? Um it's possible, but he wasn't announced. Okay. But if you if the fans want to be surprised, maybe they do have something planned for him. Um, other casting news for Disney Plus includes a drama series called A Small Light with Leah Shriver, Belle Powley, and Joe Cole. It's an eight-episode National Geographic series. It tells a true story of Powley's character of Miet guys who plays a critical role in hiding Anne Frank and her family from the Nazis. Wow. Oh, wow. That's that pretty sounds for Disney to do. Disney is going, like, they're starting a lot more adult content on their network. Not porn, yeah. but, like, more geared <laughs> towards adults. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, for one, they brought over all the Netflix That's content. a Jessica Rabbit. I don't want to see any kind of porn from Disney. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Unless it's Jessica Rabbit. Okay. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> But yeah, because um, National Ge- Geographic is under the Disney umbrella, they're going to have a lot more adult content. Um, okay. Uh, the young actor that played the younger version of Ryan Reynolds in The Adam Project, um, his name is Walker Scoble, has been cast in the title role of the adaptation of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So that will be an upcoming Disney Plus series. Yeah, he did well in that movie. Yeah. You th- are you familiar with uh, Percy Jackson? No, I'm talking about... Um, but the actor that played the young Ryan is a good actor. Yeah, yeah. Right. It uh, tells a story of a 12-year-old modern demigod, Percy Jackson, who just who's coming into terms with his newfound supernatural powers. Um, so that should be pretty cool. And Disney Plus will be the new home for Dancing with the Stars, which is a pretty big uh, surprise. They're leaving network television and... Uh, oh. Some people. That's a good, that's a good sign. That, yeah, well, they, they said it's not a step down. They they say okay. that it's a, okay. it's, a, it's a positive thing, if anything. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. All right, number nine on the list. That show's gotten so terrible. Like I, <laughs> I used to watch some seasons way back in the day, but now like the terms star is like used so loosely. Yes, yeah. every D-lister you can think of is on that. Show. Oh yeah. And everyone that you've never heard of. <laughs> you like you yeah, know, it's crazy the yeah dance with the stars like i've never even heard of this person <laughs> i think i think we had like three co-hosts from this show um was on that was on the, at some point in time <laughs> we, we've had some of the prof- professional dancers on, on, yeah. on the show <laughs> no us talking about us the co-host oh us okay you're applying that we're on the level of dancing with the stars yes yes we're on okay. we're a little bit above a little uh, bit above. <laughs> yeah all right, I number nine. Dance. I want to see him dance on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> number Topic nine is it. HBO Max. The Batman will be available streaming on April 18th. You can, you don't have to worry about the bathroom, guys. You can sit on your couch <laughs> in your own home and watch the three-hour Batman movie starting on April 18th, which is pretty awesome. Um, also, DC News. Chacha, I know you're excited about the Aqualad. But, wait, but, but, but do you, do you find it like more distracting when you watch those kind of long movies at home? Because like I'll like start watching it and then I'll start you know messing around on my phone and I have to sit there and rewind it. I'm like, oh, okay, I missed like the last five minutes of it. Sometimes, or, like, but something like the Justice League Snyder cut 
uh, was that was that was like four hours though. That was a six-hour like, movie, but okay. it was divided into parts where you could conveniently stop the film in between the parts. Was that six hours long? It was about six hours long. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. But uh, other DC news on uh, HBO Max is Aqualad. Chacha, I know you're excited about this one, aren't you? I can't wait. Uh, it's uh, Jackson Jake Hyde, a gay teenager living in New Mexico. And apparently he had a strange attraction to the water and yearns to escape his desert surroundings for the ocean. And his abilities include breathing underwater and also controlling water. Um, so he's got a little bit of both Mara's powers and Aquaman's powers. Aquaman can't really control the power, control the water. He can control animals, the sea, sea creatures. Okay. But can't really so control the water. Would this, would this be tied into the the movies too? Like, could we see like Jason uh, Momoa show up there? And like, I think it would be great to see Jason Momoa. I mean, it would bring a lot of uh, star power. And I know Jessica yeah. to see Jason Momoa on uh, the Aqualad series. Right? Yeah, and, it, and he showed up. He showed up for um, the um, Peacemaker. And he showed up. That's a spoiler alert, but yes, no. it's been like a few months. <laughs> Him but. in the flash. <laughs> and I got a, I got some news on the Flash on Ezra Miller a little bit later. Oh no. Um, also on HBO Max, Chola Madreña, who is the star of Cobra Kai, Miguel, has an action series called The Ledger. Um, so it's about the tr- uh, trials and travels of Gabriel, a young man who sets into the world to the right the wrongs of a deadly man who trained him. Okay. Huh? Um, using only the ledger kept by his predecessor travels town to town as an avenging angel fixing shattered lives so oh. wow this kid is doing amazing like yeah, he's just be, don't take away from cobra kai though whatever. as long as you don't leave cobra right. kai we're good right it's got to be your priority in life he's got the blue beetle movie coming up in dc and on um so yeah and of course we're gonna get another season of curb enthusiasm no surprise there <laughs> thank god yeah i love that series <laughs> yeah uh, number 10 is on Amazon, and John Cena, who was greatest Peacemaker, which we talked about a little earlier, is uh, starring uh, in an action comedy called Officer Exchange. Okay, so basically he's a wrecking ball of a cop who teams up with a police officer to take down a diamond smuggling ring in India. Okay, so it's kind of have a uh, John Cena meets uh, the Bollywood boys, I guess, kind of feel to it, I guess. Um, All right. Should be pretty cool. Cena uh, has already proven himself as a great comedic actor, as you saw in Peacemaker. So it should be pretty cool. All right. Uh, number 12 on Hulu. Um, not too much on Hulu this week, but Joey King's upcoming film, The Princess, will drop on July 1st. And basically, it's a story about a princess. Duh. Uh, <laughs> I describe, her name is Joey King, but she plays a princess, right? Gotcha. Um, that's a dad joke. I know it's bad. Um, but it's been described <laughs> action packed <laughs> fight to death in a fairy tale world. Right. Um, zipping around, man. Love it. Uh, number 12 is Apple. Uh, so Tom Hanks uh, is going to be signing another multi year exclusive TV deal with Apple TV Plus. And he's got another Greyhound epic in development. Um, which is crazy because I thought Greyhound was a pretty definitive story. I mean, you saw Greyhound, right, Chach? And I did not know. Okay, uh, I thought it was a t- uh, a very definitive story. I don't think I did. But for them to have a sequel of it, hey, more power to them if they can if they can do it right. Um, was Greyhound at the movies or just online, just on the streaming? 
It's on Apple TV Plus. Um, okay, so yeah, so I didn't see it then. Yeah, just like no, Coda, which is a fantastic film, as you know, that's Best Picture at the Oscars. Um, and Loki, Tom Hiddleston, will be starring in an Apple limited series called The White Darkness. Interesting, The White Darkness. Two very opposite terms. Um, so it's based on a nonfiction book um, inspired by the true life of Henry Worsley, a devoted husband and father um, who is deeply obsessed with adventure and manifests an epic journey crossing Antarctica on foot. Antarctica, Jesus. Mm. Man. Has anyone, wow, I just, I've seen, I've only known of one person to ever visit Antarctica who posted, and I was like, man, that must be just a hell of a trip. I mean, it's gotta be really cool. It's got to be cool, right? I mean, I've always yeah. wanted to go to Iceland. I know Iceland's probably a little closer on the bucket list, and which is basically a different – feels like a different planet because you have black sand beaches. You have glaciers, like, you know, Titanic-sized glaciers, like, all over the place, you know. Um, <laughs> it literally looks like a different planet, and I, I believe Antarctica is probably the same way. But yeah, my, like my grandfather went up there to Antarctica when he was in the Navy. Did he really? I have a certificate that he got from going up there, but I mean, it's, it's on my list, but it's way low on my list. Oh yeah, way low. <laughs> yeah, that would be the world first, and maybe if I have some time, I'm sure there are other places you want to visit, right? Yeah, right. I'm sure, it's beautiful. I mean, it's got to be. Yep, and in tradition of Office, there's another workplace comedy coming to Apple uh, called Loot with Maya Rudolph. Um, oh, good. So if you're a fan of Maya Rudolph, you should check that out as well. Yeah, she's funny. She's really funny. So she plays a billionaire, Molly Novak, whose rich lifestyle spirals out of control when her husband of 20 years betrays her. So, um, And that only leaves a few things on my list, but I believe we have our second special guest of the evening. Do we have her on? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Hey. And I'm going to have our, our uh, guest co-host, Jessica Ray, the entertainer, uh, introduce our second special guest. Hi, Paulina. Hi, how are you? So good to see you. Good to see you too. <laughs> Jessica, so can, nice you to be can you do the intro, uh, Jessica? Yeah, so I would love to introduce this special guest that we have today on Below the Belt, Paulina Torba. She is a singer, actor, stage manager. She's right now based in New York. She graduated from American Musical and Drama Academy Integrated Program and obtained her BFA in musical theater with a minor in management and leadership at the New School NY. And so it says, poor, is it, am I saying it right because I have an accent? Uh, my nickname, Pau? Yeah. It's Pow. Okay. Yeah, it's like Pow. See, See, it's always okay. This always happens to me. So Pow began her career in Chile, where she was born as a singer-songwriter in 2012. She wrote her first and only album titled, um, you're gonna have to say the title for me. (laughs) Sueños. Sueños, dreams. I know my Spanish. Yes. (laughs) A year later, uh, Pau obtained the first place at the, uh, is it, you're going to have to say it again. Festival de San Javier in Chile. Thank you, in Chile. (laughs) And uh, it was actually with one of her own songs, To to Presente. Yes, that was actually great. Yeah, uh, so and then in 2015, she joined the cast of uh, Terrochro, 
Petsy Which means you're and... here, right? You're here to present. To present you're, yeah, you're present or you're here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Gotcha. Rocky Horror Show as Magenta. Yes. Right. Um, and that's when she fell in love with musical theater. Yep. So after two years of participating in different musicals in Santiago, Chile, she decided to move to New York City to pursue her dreams. And while in New York City, she discovered another passion, which is stage managing. Between acting, singing, stage managing, and at, at times producing, Pal finds herself immersed in every aspect of theater world and hopes to keep learning, keep growing, and sharing memories with every creative person that she crosses paths with. Paul is uh, currently stage managing the off-Broadway production of yes. Brilliance, which I actually, which is a new musical, and that's based on Francis Farmer's life performing at the Players Theatre through April 24th. Yes. Let's so talk, about this, credit. Credit. <laughs> talk about this play, can, Brilliance. Can, yeah, it actually is an incredible show, and I definitely wanted to read that little um, Lance, who is the writer and the director, mm -hmm. wrote a, a word, which is about the musical. And it says, brilliance explores the nature of celebrity and mental health in entertainment. Francis Farmer's forced institutionalization mirrors the countless stories of stars seeking autonomy for their uh, from their caregivers. And today we read headlines about the conservatorship battles of Amanda Bynes, Britney Spears, and unfortunately 1.3 million Americans still suffer through exploitive guardianships and um, they're obscured from their own spotlight. So Brilliance's old Hollywood story can resonate with temporary, contemporary audiences especially as the country faces a mental health crisis um, exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. So we can all relate to this show. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about, uh, for those of that familiar with um, Frances, um, because she was apparently um, one of the early icons in Hollywood, right? Yes. Um... She was uh, she was in uh, Come and Get It in the movie Come and Get It. Um, she started there, and well, yeah, a lot of people uh, and doctors will say that she declared her insane, um, while other people, while other doctors will think that she's not. Um, um, but uh, she was institu institutionalized uh, for years, and then she was able to get out to take care of her parents, of her mom especially. Um, so that was the reason she could be free. Um, so like, I mean, we, we, we've been talking about this with the creatives and cast, and this is so relatable with uh, Britney Spears and for, for our times, you know, like it's so- Amanda Bynes as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And also Demi Lovato was involved in conservatorship. Yeah. So um, I, I think and also Lindsay uh, Lohan. Yes. Lindsay's another yes. one, too. I was yeah. thinking about her, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and also, as you say, as you said, like uh, in a certain uh, in a certain way, it's not the same because, of course, like whenever someone um, is psychiatric psychiatrically, I don't know what the word is, um, 
psychiatrically diagnosed is uh, different, but like in some ways we saw each other, uh, we saw our lives kind of like stuck in just four walls, you know, and like not being able to get out of there and try to be as creative as possible with what we have in front of us. Um, and even if we were alone, you know, like, so, so whenever you see this musical and you sit there, me personally as a stage manager, and I'm just like calling all these cues and while, while I'm digesting and night after night, the story is just, it's impressive how, how hard, I mean, how close to our hearts it can be. Um, so I, I, I really want everyone here in New York, and I, I've known of people who have traveled in the first weekend to come see the show. So I, it would be amazing for everyone to see and um, for this musical to be shared with the world. Only two yeah, more weekends, actually, right? Also, I want to add to that, um, Paulina, if you don't mind, or Paul, yeah, of course. just call you Paul. Paul, um, yes. So she Powell is doing an incredible job right now as a stage manager because there is 24 scenes. There is 21 songs. This musical wow. goes for, I want to say, two and a half hours when it's on its epic run. So it's a very long show. There are yes. so many scenes, the cues, everything that, um, you know, Power is doing is incredible work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not only that, but the cast, I think they only had something like five weeks yes. to rehearse for the show. Wow. Am I right? Yes. Yep, five weeks. Um, and then how long did you, so you were given, what was your process? You were given the script, you were given the stuff, and then how long did you have to kind of prep for all of this work? So it was funny because I met Lance back in September last year in um, another show that I was stage managing uh, at the Players Theatre. And he saw my work and, and um, Emma, one of the, technical directors, the technical director at the players, she introduced me to Lance and he was looking for a stage manager and we immediately connect. Um, we, he talked to me about the musical that he was, he was producing and writing and that he had this baby <laughs> come to life. Uh, and he asked me what I was doing in April and I was like, um, nothing in my calendar, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> there you go. And and then he was like, well, do you want to be my stage manager? And I was like, you know what? Yes, because I've been stage managing mostly plays. Um, and this is my second musical that I've been stage managing. Wow. So, and, and he gave me, he actually gave me this script, like, probably like at the end of October last year. And, and of course, uh, being super honest with all my with all my other stage managing works that I've been doing last that I did last year, I didn't have time to read it immediately. Uh, but I had yes a time in December, and then I after I read it, I was like, uh, it, it gave me more reasons to to keep saying yes and to and to wanting to join the team. And then I saw who was involved and the choreographer, the the sound designer, the light designer, and and I was just like, this is gonna be an amazing, an amazing experience. Um, and it has been, and it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, the first things I do as my process is to read the script actually like three times first, because the first time is 
whenever you're getting used to it, you're familiar with it. And then it's, then I start highlighting props and the scenes and even the costumes, even if it's not my department, I just want to know everything that, that, that gets uh, all, to get all the pieces together. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then I just wait, I had to wait for the casting to get done, um, to auditions to, to get done. Uh, then we, when we got the actors, I introduced myself. I, we did have a pre-production meeting that I, I had with the designers that we had at the moment. Um, and some of them kept, uh, followed us along through this journey. Um, and we met, we met and everyone had a, their own, of course, like ideas on their departments and what to do. Um, and my job is just to bring all of them together with the actors and all the designers and for the path to be as smooth as possible. And, and I think I've, I think in a way I've done it. I mean, it's, it's, alive and it's, it's yeah it's, happening. it's amazing yes. <laughs> i do want to also say that the entire cast they only also had three days of tech yes wow. was that tough for you it was it was tough um especially because they weren't either full days of tech like it's not like we had three days of 10 days you know like i mean of 10 hours uh, three days of 10 hours. So we had like one day we had only four hours and a half and the other day we had six and then another one we had nine, you know, so um, we, it was difficult. It was stressful. But I do have to say that I've even surprised myself with how um, optimistic I can be. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like I try to ground everyone and just like trying to bring peace to the table uh, in stressful times. Like um, one of my, not rules, but I always lead uh, with positivism, as I said, and optimism. And, and it's like, okay, if we have this many hours of tech, there's nothing we can do to have more. So this is what we have, this is what we're doing, and this is what are, how we are dividing the hours to make this productive and efficient. Mm -hmm. um, Time management. I, exactly. <laughs> if I get crazy and I get stressed and I start screaming, everyone starts screaming because the stage <laughs> manager is stressed. Were you screaming uh, <laughs> during the production? Did you get to that point? I mean, when I was at home, I would, I would do, okay. you know, I would eat ice cream and try to. Uh, that, that, that's, um, I love doing but that. now, during this, in this phase, I was very peaceful, I have to say. They have I, actually, for what it is, they for the musical and for the space as well, I don't know if anyone has seen the Players Theatre, but it is a very, very tight, small space. Yes. Okay. They have an orchestra. How many in the orchestra do you know? Uh, in, the, in the band, we have, yes. it's only four of them, yes. Right. But then there's just a tiny space. There's yep. the band. There's also, you know, the fact that you have to mic all of the actors up and there's ensemble members as well. Um, and they have this incredible transformational set. And it's like a transformer. I don't know, two piece thing that that changes into all these different rooms. And 
I don't even know how they fit it in the space. Um, uh, and the actors are just kind of side stage. There's there's literally no room or just like no space um, at all. But for what it is, I mean, the show is really, really great. It's a fantastic show. I would say everybody has to go out, buy a ticket, go yes. and see it. It's going to be running yeah. until uh, April 24th, right? Yes. April 24th. Musicalbrilliance.com, the official website. I saw, yes. actually, the final weekend is sold out. Yes, it is. Wow. It is wow. sold out. Well, congratulations on selling out. So you can yeah. get tickets this upcoming weekend, the weekend of the 15th, uh, yes. to, uh, um, to check it out. Um, so uh, with that kind of reception, you know, with the show kind of selling out, is there an option to expand the production? Oof. Um, I mean... We would love to, but um, I think it all depends on the producers. Um, if it really, if we get to a point where we sell out this weekend, I think that it could, or maybe we're just gonna save it. I think they're our... still looking. I think they're still looking for funding. They're still looking yes. for funders to yeah. get this on Broadway. I think that they're still like raising some funds on a GoFundMe page, okay. so yeah. that's available as well for everybody to, if you wanna you know, donate to this incredible show. And honestly, the music is really brilliant. I know <laughs> this show's name is brilliant, but it is actually really brilliant. Um, you know, you're talking to somebody that is a huge musical theater guru, a musical theater mm -hmm. critic as well. Um, but the songs are really beautiful. Yes, they and, are. you know, so Paul, just, just circling back a little bit, with your history of, you know, the last couple of projects that you've worked as a stage manager, how has this experience been different um, to those experiences? Yeah, because I'm seeing like Rocky Horror, Les Miserables, Romeo and Juliet, well, to name a few. Uh, yes, I mean, I mean, in, uh, yes, in Les, Miser in Les Miserables uh, and Rocky Horror, I was an actress, so that nice. was completely different. Um, and but from the ones that I've done, I've stage managed. I have to say this is the one, uh, the the only one that has had like all the ingredients to it, like all the designers that I have to put all the designers together in one piece. You know what I mean? Um, this is my first show where I had to call light cues, um, and Sam, the the light designer. He has a patience, <laughs> a, a huge patience, because I would ask the same question three times um, just for like making sure that I'm not going to ruin his design. Um, and he would just like very peacefully and joyfully, he would give me the answer um, because he knows that I, I'm the one who has to be there, you know, like. And the 12 shows. Uh, You're calling, calling all of that. There, you know, there's so many yeah. moments in the show. There's so much going on with the props, with yeah. the set, with the lighting. Yeah. There is more than a hundred. There is more than a hundred light cues that we have to call. Well, of course, and and for for a show, I mean, so that that's a huge difference from my other projects. Um, and other projects have been uh, workshops and full productions, but I haven't had the opportunity to work. Uh, very close with the with the designers because we 
we haven't had ones. We only use like the wardrobe from actors. You know what I mean? Um, ah. And in this case, we have a costume designer, sound lights um, set. And as you said, the set has been, um, that, that, that is something that I've never seen before. It's, it, it, as you, if you can imagine for those listening, it's like a book that you just stand and you just like flip the pages. That's what happens. And at points in the in the seat in the show, it rotates. So like, I don't know how to explain this for someone that has not seen my hands. <laughs> but right, it's almost like a one eighty on each side has a different. Exactly. Okay, I'll I'll tell you. There are like two pieces, and they both open like books on yeah. either uh, side. Okay, so it's like a transformative, there's like one side that opens and the other side kind of like clicks into the middle of it and then the other mm -hmm. side opens. So it's like a, a middle with a book that opens out. Exactly. And then on each side of that is a different set. Yes. You got to get creative in the, in the smaller space, right? So you're doing what you can, right? Yeah. Yes, and it's, and, it's, and it's working. I mean, I feel, I feel like... Um, it's a very ambitious set and a very ambitious piece, which like, needs, Anna, I think this piece it, needs to be, it needs to be on Broadway and it also needs a big space. It needs yes. a big theater. So, it's a big theater show is yes, what it, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But for the, for the, as I said, as I said before, if we have this theater, we're making it work. And, and it's just like, we're doing magic and the actors are wonderful um oh my god yeah they tell are... us about some of the cast so uh, we have um bethany she's doing um she is francis farmer and i'm sorry i don't you know what i was used to um call my actors by the last names and then i changed to call my actors by the first name because I would only know their last names. And now like I military only know <laughs> so, <Tomar! laughs> so um so yeah so like she's she's from from England um and she came to New York City a couple of months ago. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, she was in Mike and Mindy prior to this in the Players Theater, uh, so she knew the space. Um, and she's just she's she's wonderful. She has a vibrato that it's very sweet, very delicate, and she it looks like she's not doing any effort to sing. She's a triple triple threat, so nice. that's. Um, I, I, it's unbelievable. She basically she doesn't leave the stage. Yep, she doesn't. There's maybe and, a couple of there's a couple of scenes in there where she does leave, but it's very uh, in the way that you know Cabaret Sally Bowles carries the entire show. It's like her role is is exactly that in this yes. show. Yes, Bethany McDonald. That's her last name. I remember. Um, so yeah, and then we have. Um, we have then Jerry Sager, I think her last name is pronounced. Uh, she does Lillian, Frances' mom. Um, and she's also, she was in, years ago, she was in a national tour of Cats. Um, nice. So she was Grisabella and, and she's also another, it, it, 
they are they are two uh, con contrasting voices and contrasting actresses that it's very fun to see on stage uh, playing as a mom, mother and daughter. Um, then we have Gabriel Gabriel Kane, um, who is uh, Lance's son. Um, we have uh, Isaac Connor, DJP, David Phillips, Dan. Then we have Sarah Mosman, Julia, Didi, Inri, Gabrielle, and Michael, who are all wonderful, and they are just uh, and they are just very very professional for what they do. Um, I have no complaints whatsoever from any of them, um, which it is hard to say sometimes <laughs> from a stage manager. <laughs> Point yeah. Of view. <laughs> yeah. Well, you Jerry, better get your tickets uh, for the Sager. show. Or uh, is it Sager or Sager? So, uh, so it's spelled S A G E R. I don't know. Sager. I'm so bad. I would guess Sager. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. So only one weekend left for this amazing play. Musical Brilliance. Um, Musicalbrilliance.com is the official yes. website. Two and weekends left. Two actually. weekends left. The yes. second weekend's already sold out. So, really, one weekend. Oh, actually, yes. So, sorry. <laughs> so uh, uh, Pal, uh, after this is, it wraps up, what's next for you? Do you have an, up, an upcoming uh, production that you'll be working as, as an actress or stage manager? Well, <laughs> I am currently uh, auditioning for some like shorts and stuff like that. Nice. But for, I have projects as a stage manager for this summer and for the rest of the year, starting on August. Um, so yeah, that's now what about I'm... what about TV and film? Has that been something that you want to try? Yeah, it is. Or... It is. It is something that I have to that I want to and I have to. I'm gonna push myself to. I'm going to give myself that challenge. <laughs> yeah, I see something called imposter on your IMDb. Is that something that worth checking out? Yes, it is. Uh, it's not out yet. Um, okay. But yes, it's coming up soon. Yes. Okay. And you will play the character of Nina. <laughs> yes, I okay. do. <laughs> All right. So something to look out for. That's very cool. So uh, what would you say? I have one more question. I'm sorry to interrupt. Absolutely. Um, just regarding the show, what would you say has been the biggest highlight? of the show whether it was like one stage in rehearsals or whether it's like the magic of like finally being in the theater what would you say is your complete highlight of doing brilliance the musical the complete highlight i will resume it with the word family um i think it is hard sometimes um to find very collaborative humans that are just like there and not struggling like literally, but like struggling together to just get this piece done. And not only just do it because, it's just because they love what they do. So like, and, and when something goes bad, you rely on your um, like family people to try to find a solution. Um, and I feel like that's, I felt that every single day even like during the shows, during the rehearsals, during tech. Oh. Yeah. That is amazing. Wow. Man, I, I need to head, head up to New York. I want to you check out this to. play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I this stuff. I'm, going, I'm actually going to be there tomorrow night. Um, I'm oh, going to be seeing nice. the show again. 
I'll be interviewing, um, you said Bethany and Jerry. Yes. And also That's the for our sister led. show, Click On This. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. Click On This yes. TV show, which is going to be awesome. So I will, I'll probably see you there. Yes, you will. <laughs> In all blacks. But yes, please, everyone, go see the show. Uh, brilliance, it's going to blow your mind. And people are going to really feel touched by it. Because as we said earlier, everyone has been through something like that. Even if it's just like a small and small size. But yeah. Yes. So it's on Instagram, it's called Musical Brilliance. Yes. Is on the, is, is Brilliance the musical or mu Musical Brilliance? Mm -hmm. And can you tell our viewers also where to follow you as oh. well on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram? Um, yeah, and Facebook is Pau to Bar, and then on Instagram I use it more. It's Pau to Bar Music. Nice. Uh, yes, so you can follow me there, and I'll, I'm sharing a lot of things of uh, brilliance. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share the links where everyone can buy the tickets to run and Love see the it. show. Pau, thank you so much. This is great. Uh, Thank you for, so uh, here on, on below the belt show and thank you for supporting our show and of course uh we, we ha we're happy to support anything you do for your next production we'd love to have you back uh to promote that as well uh pal thank you so much for joining thank you so me. much all jessica thank you that's a lot thank you <laughs> thank you sarah <laughs> bye thank you so much all right bye-bye oh thank bye. you all right pal tabar stage manager of brilliance the musical for you New Yorkers or for those traveling to New York, only two weekends left, musicalbrilliance.com. Check it out. All right. Nice. All right. Only a couple more things on the countdown. I'll be able to wrap up. All right. Number 13, guys. Walt and Jesse are coming back. What do you think, man, um, about Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul uh, coming back <clears throat> to Better Call Saul? And uh, what is the timeline specifically, Chachi? Is it possible to to do have these original actors who are a little bit older than their their characters to play younger selves? Yeah, I mean it's, they're way older now than what they were. I mean right. all the characters for people who watch Better Call Saul, I mean it takes it's not just um, Saul um, in the prequel. Um, it's also Mike who um, played the enforcer, you know, kind of hitman type of character, and then Gus um, Fring who. Um, played the um one of the big drug lords in the show of breaking bad who got you know met his demise by walter white in breaking bad but this is all building up those characters in this show so it's definitely going to run into the breaking bad timeline and we're very close as of last season to getting to that timeline so i always thought you would see walter white and um jesse in better call Saul. yeah um I think a lot of people thought you'd see them like a lot sooner than what you're going to see them, because I don't think it was really was needed to even show them. I mean, it's going to be really nice to see them, and I'm happy they're going to show them. But the show really held its own um, through these uh, six seasons, um, six seasons coming up now. That you know, it wasn't they didn't need that gimmick um, early on. You know, they could really build up the characters, and I think originally I heard it was going to be a much shorter series than what they're doing now, but they. Right really just discover they can um you know flesh it out way more than they initially um anticipated wow. but yeah it's gonna be great to see them again you know i think you're gonna see jesse a lot more in the season than walter white because 
for people who remember Breaking Bad, Jesse was actually the one that introduced um, Walter White to um, the lawyer Saul because Jesse right. knew of him. I think I think Saul helped him get off um, for some minor thing um, before um, he started working with uh, Walter White. So I think you're gonna see Jesse a lot more in the season, and you're probably gonna see Walter White. I'm thinking like towards the very end, maybe the last episode, and it might be a short thing. But um, well, I told Giancarlo Esposito in person that I just started on the Breaking Bad bandwagon. I know I'm behind. You never watched Breaking Bad before? I, I I'm going. I want to. I'm. I've already started going through Breaking Bad a while ago, not in the recent, okay. not too long ago. But now I feel like I need to to catch up. I know I'm. I'm not one person in the fucking world. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, Breaking get... Breaking Bad was was brilliant. And for people watching or who haven't watched Better Call Saul yet, I mean it's definitely slower moving than Breaking Bad was, you know, but not in a bad way. It's really just more concentrating on character development and towards the later seasons, which, you know, season five was and, you know, season six coming up will probably be even more. It really has a way more of that Breaking Bad feel because you're getting ready because the characters that you initially saw are way more getting involved in the drug trade. And it's, it's wow. kind of like that, you know, definitely crazy. one of the best shows on TV. Amazing acting, amazing uh, cinematography, amazing writing, just everything about it, yeah. you know, music, the score, everything is just superb, I think. Well, one of my favorite shows is Ozark, and that gets continually compared to Breaking Bad. And I guess yeah. Better Call Saul kind of falls into that category as well. So. Yeah, I love Ozark, but, you know, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, like, blow away Ozark. Are they superior? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not knocking Ozark, but, like... Ozark's great, but these shows are just a whole other level. Like, Sarah, you're all caught up on Breaking Bad. You you, you, all, you I follow? I am. I I finished it four separate times. Um, what? Breaking <laughs> yeah. Bad, you did? Yeah, I, wow. I was a real fan of that series. What about Better Call Saul? I am on season three. I am watching it religiously now, like every night. I I really love it. Okay, so you, right, are you we'll excited see. about the return of the Walter White and Jesse? Oh. Gosh, I've been waiting the whole entire time because it, it kind of like alludes to that in the beginning, you know, like because Saul yeah. is just starting off his law career in the beginning, so you know, like that's where it's headed. Like the season, like is eventually gonna go like down the line. So I was like wondering when they were gonna combine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, so you're on season three, better call Saul. Yeah. So season four, I mean, every season I thought was great, but season four and especially season five are just amazing. Heck yes. You got a little and, bit of catching up to do, but I'm sure you'll get there. And I, I definitely know the. Um, oh yeah, yeah. In two and, weeks you'll get up there. <laughs> oh my gosh, up. it's so it, it's a great thing to binge. Okay. Wow, there you go, people. You heard. Yeah, and I definitely know the the um the Kim character on the show um played by Rhea Seahorn, like, like brilliant actress. Like uh, oh my and gosh, like you, yeah. you never thought that you never thought that you know when they first announced it like I was ever going to care about who um. Saul was dating or whatever, like. Yes. But just it makes you care about every single character on the show, even like his annoying like older brother, in the. Oh my uh, god! Yes, I hated season. him so much. Chuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but everything you watch on that show really shows you how he decided to become Saul and, you know, turn into a life of crime. Wow. Character building is truly amazing. Yeah, but the new the new season starts on this Sunday, with a two-part episode and that's right they're actually going to do um a part one and part two so they're going to have a part two that's going to start in july yeah for the final season kind of like what walking dead is doing walking dead is doing the exact same thing you know 
Stranger Things is doing the same thing for the fourth season. Yeah, the which I'm fine season. with. I, you know, like I always, I'm more of the kind of type of person that wants to see like one episode per week, which I'm happy they're doing with um, Better Call Saul, except for the um, first episode. They're gonna the first um, yeah. two episodes they're gonna drop on the first night. But otherwise, I'll watch the whole damn season like in a weekend <laughs> and then hate myself afterwards. Right, right, because all over. the time you spent, yeah. yeah. Right, and they're going to wait like another like year and a half at least for right. the next season. <laughs> all right, number 14 on this list is Peacock, and and I know you're excited about this TED series, Chachi. Yeah, I am. This is uh, Seth MacFarlane's prequel of the, the your favorite foul-mouthed teddy bear um, that you saw in TED 1 and 2. Um, and uh, this one's going to be a prequel, right? This is going to take place in 1993 when I guess Ted was yeah. a young Teddy, right? Yep, yep. And the um, you know Mark Wahlberg character is going to be um, the younger actor playing um, you know, kid this time is going to play him. Okay. Um, which I yeah I, I definitely loved the first uh, movie of Ted. The second one um, I didn't think it was that great. I was disappointed in the second one, but the first one I thought was. Was was you know really oh, funny. It was iconic that first. Yeah, time. and I even I even bought like a Ted costume for Halloween <laughs> that awesome. I wore like a, a bunch of years. Um, Which you'll now need to wear again. Yeah, so bring people, out balls. Yeah, as it's now relevant again. Yeah, that was like one of the most popular um, costumes I wore for Halloween. Yeah, walking around like everybody wanted like to hug me and get a picture and with get me. Get pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to wear that costume year round. Yeah. Very good. All on like. Um, you know, the, the Hollywood Boulevard or whatever were those costumes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're not charging a, a, a dollar yeah. to five dollars per photo. Yeah, and mine didn't, mine didn't, didn't stink either. Oh, no, those guys stink. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're in Times Square, too, right, Jessica? Oh, yeah, yeah. The smelly oh, yeah. cosplayers, like, dressed as Spider-Man and, and Fat Superman and 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 Bumblebee. It's always like, a, it's always like an $8 costume, too. It's like never and they're really like a high cheesy, quality costume. very bad. Like, they're very yeah. poorly made and... <laughs> They always try to get your Oops. picture in New York and then try to charge you like 20 bucks. Too. They charge a 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're a little skeezy. Like they're inside yeah. of those costumes and I bet they're like staring at boobs and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're, like... And they smell. <laughs> they smell. Yes. Yeah. Get their they're skeezy. Right, and they're sleazy know. too. Like the guy that plays <laughs> Elmo always comes up and tries to give me a hug and I'm like, uh, don't touch me, bro. Yeah, he wants you to, he wants you to tickle him. You want to oh, take yeah. yeah, I'm like, get away from me, Elmo. He's like following me around. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But, you know, as long as the show, um, I would say still have the raunchy humor in this series. It could really be yeah, funny. Yeah. So, so Peacock? Yeah, said? it's going to be on Peacock. But Peacock's yeah. streaming. It's not like network TV yeah, but... where they have to be good. But uh, but this other one is Casper the Friendly Ghost. They're getting a new live action series. So That's about that dead kid. Well, Casper is a friendly ghost. Um, I yeah. guess that would mean he is, was once a human being. That yeah, he died, he died as a kid. Died as a kid, right. So Casper yeah. the Friendly Ghost is uh, in development. As well as our least favorite director from Star Wars is Ryan Johnson. He's got a show on Peacock called Poker Face uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, plot is not available, but uh, basically it's a mystery series. Mm. Um so, oh, and Natasha Leone yeah. also plays as well. I'm so amazed at how you know these big actors and stuff are all doing, like, and big directors are doing these streaming services now. I know, you know? it's I mean, crazy. You got, you got Tom Hanks like is. doing like exclusive movies for for um, Apple, Apple TV, TV now, and like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. 
Leonardo did his first like television movie. I mean, he's always doing straight to theater, but he did Don't Look Up, which was a exclusive for Netflix uh, film. And yeah. it just seems like it's just the way things are going now, Chacha. It's not a step down to do television. Yeah, I mean, know? I think I think Kevin Spacey started it at all. <laughs> I hate to say. Oh, with the House of Cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not the most shining example for morality, but uh, yeah, but he, um, yeah, I think he was the first one to take that leap. You know, doing it for Netflix. Right. Yep. You know, very, very big good Hollywood one, star yeah. at the time. Yep. And speaking of somebody that might have to take other projects that he might want to do is Johnny Depp. So number fifteen on my list is uh, the trial, uh, the courtroom drama between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. It's actually taking place in Fairfax, Virginia. This is our neck of the woods, guys. Wow. Uh, so you can actually probably see Amber and Johnny going in and out of the courtroom um, on a daily basis if you head out there to Fairfax. Um, but again, this is um, um, Johnny Depp's lawyers accusing his ex-wife, Amber, of fabricating domestic violence claims against him in order to advance her own career. Um, and uh, it's been back and forth. Obviously, there's evidence on both sides that they're both abusive to each other. Um, and apparently Amber's lawyer says that Johnny wants to humiliate her, haunt her, wreck her career, and um, that Depp is an obsessed ex-husband hell-bent on revenge uh, of course step lawyers are um, saying the complete opposite that uh, obviously because of the false claims of amber heard it cost him major movie roles like the pirates of the caribbean like the fantastic beasts which is coming out this weekend right um yeah. as grindelwald he's no longer playing grindelwald as you know mac mickelson's replacing him so um yeah they're suing each other <laughs> I, I Johnny's have suing. To, a, um, yeah. They'll have to get him to back if, if let's say, like he he is like they like he wins the trial, right, and he's cleared. Like they'll have to like get him back at, at his major roles, right? They would give it to him eventually. Once I, I he clears so. his name in the legal system, I would imagine mm-hmm. offers will start coming out again. But if he's found guilty of of defamation you know uh, not definitely sorry if he's found guilty of, of, of such domestic abuse claims or or you know then obviously that won't work in his favor for his career so but interestingly enough even if there was audio evidence for amber heard you know slapping johnny depp and stuff she still remains working in hollywood where she's going to be in the upcoming aquaman movie yeah. where's johnny depp you know mm-hmm. i think he took one um foreign film not too long ago but there was a pretty tough uh voice memo a conversation and also yeah. a phone conversation that was recorded between them that yeah. was not in her favor like with the way that she was being oh yeah oh really like narcissistic yeah a little crazy a they're, little they're gonna, they're gonna try to use that against her no doubt i mean i mean maybe they're both nuts <laughs> But well, I thought Johnny Depp. Level, he just... I think there's always crazy. Like I think that you're dealing with when you're dealing with Hollywood actors and you're dealing with actors that you know are famous and you're dealing with celebrity. There has to be some type of like level of brilliance, but there also is a level <laughs> of crazy that goes right. right along with the brilliance because you have to be crazy to do what we do. To be in front of the public eye all the time, to have people judging your life, looking at your pictures, uh, reading about your personal life. It has to take 
you got to be some type of crazy to want <laughs> A lot of people in this industry have been labeled. Especially yeah. like somebody like Johnny Depp who's been doing it since like the 80s. Right. Has been like yeah, this since he was a teenager. A child, well, he's a child star. He's the same yeah. as Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore started when she was probably around the same age as Johnny. Same thing as Leonardo DiCaprio. I think she DiCaprio. was like four, I think she was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio as well. They yep. all were child stars. Cameron Diaz, um, especially Drew Barrymore. I know that because her family was in show business. Right. That gave her kind of like the upper yeah. getting into the business. But as far as like the relationship is concerned, I I don't know. I think that you know when you marry somebody, it's tough. You know yeah. you can have a you could after you get a divorce, it's just there's nothing ever fun about a divorce and it's messy. But at the same time, I think that you know it's kind of the situation where it's not like who's worse, like one or the other. It's just you know, you also, you have to be an adult and take responsibility for the things that you did in the relationship that weren't great, you know? Yeah, I think both parties are to blame in this one, but we're just going to have to see who's the worst of the worst <laughs> between the two yeah. of them, so we'll have to see what happens there. Now, interestingly enough, speaking of Fantastic Beasts, Ezra Miller, who's the Flash, and in Fantastic Beasts, for, for whatever reason, you have, you're in a hit franchise in DCEU and Justice League and The Flash, and you're in a hit, another fr- franchise of Fantastic Beasts and Harry Potter, yet you're still out getting into bar fights, you know, uh, punching, uh, lunging at like people at a bar. I mean, Ezra Miller is just, I don't know what's going on with him, why he's just acting like a complete jackass. Um, but uh, apparently there was a restraining order against him from a Hawaiian couple. Um, that uh, claimed that Ezra burst into their bedroom and threatened them and apparently stole some of their belongings, a passport and a wallet. Um, And during that same trip, he also allegedly assaulted a bar patron um, after some patrons sang karaoke and began yelling obscenities. So Ezra grabbed the microphone from the woman from who was singing karaoke and then lunged at another guy who was playing darts. (laughs) Well, what is wrong with this guy? Well, how'd they even see him? Because, I mean, he's so fast. <laughs> he is the Flash, right? Yeah. He plays the Flash, but in real life, he's just a Flash yeah. hole, an asshole. It's just, but, it's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, I heard um, he had a drinking problem. Yeah, and that's that. And then they're going to have to, someone's going to have to interview him and get the guy help because, dude, dude, he's got, he's has a great career. Why would you fuck it up? But, you know, by yeah. doing this, you know, uh, I mean, he doesn't think he weighs like 80 pounds. So I'm sure anything he drinks is going to get him this like tanked. Right. You know, so he might want to. Yeah. And number 17 uh, is a little bit disturbing to talk about because this actor was actually on the show. His name is Joseph Gatt. He was in the Dumbo movie. He was in Game of Thrones, Star Trek Into Darkness. Apparently, he was arrested in L.A. for suspicion of engaging in online sexually explicit communication with a minor. Mm. And, um, yes, you authorities will not take that lightly at all. And, of course, all the moms and dads listening, uh, something that you're, you know, that no one will tolerate (laughs) at all. And um, I'm really appalled. And this guy was on Below the Belt show several years back. actually talking about the Dumbo movie, you know, um, which ironically is a kid's movie. Now, 
he was a Disney actor in a kids movie, and now he's facing alleged sexual communication with a minor, um, and that's just completely and utterly appalling. So, um, yeah, um, crazy. crazy, crazy, absolutely crazy. Wow. Um, number 18 um, is a very sad, sad thing to talk about. Um, as part of Click on This, I had the opportunity to go to Sundance Film Festival to interview in the Indie Lounge, one of the um, gifting lounges at Sundance. An amazing comedian um, who really didn't care about uh, what others thought about his brand of comedy, um, who had one of the most distinct voices in comedy. And that's Gilbert Gottfried, guys. Um, he sadly passed away after battling a long illness at the age of 67. It was a myotonic dystrophy, type 2. It's a form of muscular dystrophy. Um, and he was married. He had two um, Yeah, something children. affected like the lower chamber of his heart. Right. I believe I read it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know he even was dealing with um, battling anything like that, but... Yeah, I mean, he was politically incorrect, unapologetic. He had a crude sense of humor. And you'll see that in the interview that's uh, going to be posted on Below the Belt Show's social media, which our social media manager, Sarah Bentman, is on. Yes. Yes. And of course, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and of course we will be playing the exclusive audio from that interview at the end of tonight's program, guys. So you're going to hear that, no. yeah. um, which will also be available because this was an older interview um, that we did not have on our platform. So we are going to, although it's out there for our sister show, click on this, um, for our podcasters, they, um, they mm -hmm. might have missed this really funny interview. And I don't want to talk about like moments in the interview because I, I want yeah. the interview to speak for itself because it was just so freaking funny. But, um, but you crack up, you crack up. And um, I crack up too. And because he's no. making me crack up. So no, but you, but you, but you crack up Gilbert Goffrey though. In the and I, I actually I made him laugh too. He which did, is great. Yeah, you, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he, well, he definitely cracked I guess, up. I'll just talk end. about one aspect of it. Is the um he had. But don't ruin the of, end of it. Should should I just wait for the listeners to listen to the interview? Yeah, it was about yeah. It. it was about yeah, the controversy with uh with yeah. uh Japanese. Uh, it was a really funny part. And uh, I it was a really funny uh banter that we had back and forth. So you're gonna hear that here exclusively. Yeah, you're right, Chacha. I should have mentioned it here. Yeah. So. We'll save it for then, but yeah, I mean, comedians all over the place were um, heartfelt, um, you know, um, posts about Gilbert Gottfried, uh, a lovely guy, always friendly, made people happy. Um, he was never not funny, so he was always like in character. Um, everybody, you know, um, you know, he was very politically incorrect, so he didn't really care about, you know, what people said. In fact, one of his last social media post was about the Chris Rock Will Smith situation and he said which is the worst crime Chris Rock being physically assaulted or Chris Rock telling a joke uh, <laughs> uh, he wrote that on March 28th the day after the incident um, and that was his last post wow I mean he's just a brilliant brilliant comic um, if you watched any of the roasts they had in Comedy Central, I mean, he was yes. often in those. Just oh god, the, the funniest people that you'd wait for him to get up and then just start Ooh. telling his jokes because he was just um, brilliant. Oh god, and, he'll be so. He was on Howard Stern a lot uh, back in the day. I used to listen to. A pretty good last joke. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, always super great. Um, and of course, let's not forget. I was, 
the aristocrats aristocrats which i listen to again today. and if you <laughs> if you're offended by anything in your life don't listen to the aristocrats because basically the comedians snowflakes don't listen to this yeah the, media, the comedians are trying to outdo each other just trying to be as offensive and gross as possible filthiest like you, raunchiest joke to uh a whole long like you know 10 minute joke where the punchline is like basically meaningless just to get you to listen to a long you know inappropriate joke for no reason no. But yeah, Gilbert Godfrey is one of the best. He, um, I remember thinking um, recently when uh, Bob Saget died, I'm like, man, you got you had um, Norm Macdonald and Bob Saget both um, died so close to each other, and I, I really remember thinking, I'm like, well, who's left? Is that kind of like shocking type of humor, which um, both of Norm and Bob Saget yes, did in their comedy yes. stand-up acts? I'm like, the only one I can really think of left is Gilbert Godfrey, you know? So I'm like, I'm thinking. Hopefully somebody puts him in a bubble or whatever. And then I saw the right. news this week that he passed away. I'm like, oh man, this like, one I of the was really so comics. saddened by it. I don't know if anyone got to see. I, I, I posted the 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 video from Click on this show, but uh, for Below the Belt show um, listeners, we're gonna get to hear it first here on BTB. Um, we have other people that have passed away. Actress Kathy Lampkin, um, who was in Javier Bardem's uh, No Country for Old Men, had passed away at the age of 74. Catherine Hayes, who played Kim Hughes on CBS As the World Turns, had passed away. No cause of death shared. Um, martial arts actor and film star Jimmy Wang Yu had passed away. Um, Ray Allen, Tony-winning stage and screen veteran known for his role as reporter Gloria Thorpe in Damn Yankees, had passed away at the age of 95. And um, Mikel Bouquet, French cinema and theater actor appeared in over 100 films in his career at the age of 96. And, of course, with death, we celebrate life, and that's number 19 on my list. Um, Celebrity engagements include Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Yay! 20 years. um, Wow. After they got engaged in 2002, they decided 20 years later to get engaged again. Maybe, hopefully, for this time, it's for good, right? We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Come on, how many times has J-Lo been engaged? There's been yeah. several times. A-Rod and Mark Anthony. Well, she's actually married to Mark Anthony. I mean, she's almost done the married thing. You did know she, what I mean? But at least she, say, she was just engaged. Too. Because, because yeah. like, Kim Kardashian just like went for it. She was like, oh, I'll just get married and get right. married again and get married again. Right. I'd like to see uh, Kim Kardashian versus J-Lo, the big butts. That'd be interesting uh, fight, actually. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think only one's real, though. Only one of the rasses is real. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also, getting engaged is Avril Lavigne and Maud Sun. Never heard of this artist. And who? Apparently, exactly. I have I've never no heard idea who that is either. He's a he's an artist. I'm not familiar with him, but apparently, he popped the question at the Eiffel Tower at the end of March. Um, that's a, that's a, he's the first person to do that. I think I read. <laughs> the first person in history Tower. to do that yeah <laughs> the city of love right yeah uh another uh, actor oh, what's sorry, his name another... what's his name it's mod love mod oh mod okay <laughs> let me look it up again <clears throat> mod son oh mod son mod son mod son S-U-N. Okay. yes okay um and celebrity weddings includes uh, a singer songwriter i interviewed at sundance for click on this ryan cabrera he is actually a buddy of my buddy, Mike the Miz Mizanin. And he got married to WWE superstar Alexa Bliss. So they had a, an interesting wedding because they had a lot of WWE superstars. 
And I uh, wonder if she threw him down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, <I> think. <laughs> and interesting enough, there was an in sync reunion at the wedding where Lance Bass, Chris Kirkpatrick, and Joey Fatone sang Bye 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 at the wedding. Oh, I would have yeah. loved that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really cool. So apparently, Ryan's good friends with uh, three of the five in sinkers. I guess the other two couldn't make it. <laughs> JC, Justin. like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and also in attendance was Debbie Gibson uh, at the wedding as well as a good friend of Ryan Cabrera's. And of yeah, course, I'll many go that, that wedding. Yeah, many WWE superstars: <laughs> The Miz, of course, and Maurice, Nia Jax, you know, um, just many of the superstars. And of course, a CJ Perry, formerly Lana in WWE, was also at the wedding. And last but not least, number 20, um, celebrity baby news. Uh, Britney Spears uh, is pregnant with her third child <coughs> and shared oh. a photo of herself on Instagram in crop tops and form-fitting dresses. Uh, and Britney Spears is not shy on Instagram lately. Have you noticed that she's been posing very, very provocative photos, um, pretty much nude photos with, you know, the appropriate coverings with, you know, um, little... Uh, what do they do with a nude photo? Little smiley faces over the private parts. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what that's all about, right? No. Oh, no, you don't know. You don't know what it's about. Sorry. But anyway, does, pretty... does he know that? Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I have seen this. I have seen what you mean with Britney Spears. You have seen what? Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, Britney Spears. Um, you know, more power to her. You know. I mean, she's just living her life. You know what I mean? Yes. She just got out of a crazy house. She's like, oh, fuck it. Like, before <laughs> I went in there, she's like, before I went in there, I shaved my head off, and everyone thought that was pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's like, let me show my hoo ha's. <laughs> <laughs> and she, of course, has now her own conservatorship because her father was in control with all her uh, life decisions uh, pretty much prior. Uh, before she won their conservatorship case, you know, conservatorship. Sorry, that is a really hard uh, thing to say. Yeah, it was when I read <laughs> it too. Conservatorship. Conservatorship. Yeah. So we, um, of course, we have to close with celebrity birthdays, right? Um, and uh, this is for April thirteenth. Um, so celebrating a birthday today as we close out tonight's show. All right, um, Paul Servino, legendary actor, is the father of Mira Servino, 83. Uh, let's see, Tony Dow from Leave it to Beaver, 77. Chacha, didn't you interview him at the Nostalgia Con? Anyways, it was up at the... Um, Chiller know, Theater, that was it. Chiller Theater, yes. Yes, was, yes. yeah. Uh, he was a, a child legend. actor in that show, now he's 77. Uh, Ron, I think he'd be older than that, too, because, I mean, he was in Leave it to Beaver, the old right. like, TV show. So you, you think he'd be like 100 by now, but <laughs> good for him. Well, he's definitely in senior citizen status, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman is 72. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really recognize any of these other names. I don't even know if these are worth mentioning. Yeah, that's <laughs> Ricky Schroeder. Here's what I know. Oh, Ricky Schroeder. How old is he now? 45? 52. He's that old? Wow. 52. 
Um, let's see. Glenn Howerton of It's Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I love him. Okay. He's 46 today. Good for him. Uh, Kelly Giddish of Law & Order SVU. She's 42. And um, Allison Williams uh, from Girls and uh, Get Out is 34. That's birthdays today. Um, Girls. You, on HBO? I've okay. never seen the show before. Oh, I thought you said you love Girls. Yeah, just in general. Oh, in general. <laughs> <laughs> never seen the show. Oh, it was also uh, my sister's birthday. Um, actually, today in the U.S. and yesterday in Australia. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday. Give her a Happy shout birthday, out. Lauren. Happy birthday, Aww. Lauren. Yes. Well, wow, this is a great show from top to bottom. Wow, we'd like to thank a very lovely panel, right, Chachi? We've had, like, some very... Extra lovely. Yes, yes. Man, even Art Hall. Right? <laughs> no. Even what? Even Art Hall. <laughs> oh, yeah, even especially Art. Yeah, let's, uh, of course, thank you to Art Hall. Art has, a, Art has a baby glow on him. He's got the baby glow. Thank you, yes. Art, for joining us at the beginning of the program. Thank you so much to our new social media manager... Sarah Snuffleupagus. <laughs> yes, BTB is going to finally get some followers. <laughs> yes. You're going to help us with that finally. Amen. Uh, on our brand new Instagram page because we've been living in dark yeah. ages. Um, yeah, yeah, after people hear, as people hear her on this show, they're going to be sliding into our DMs. But, you know, yes. we read that stuff <laughs> too. So don't, don't be creepy. Yes, yes. It's not just Sarah you'll be talking to. <laughs> right, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll respond to you. <laughs> You'll get to see all the the, the pics too, guys. It'll be oh, great. God. Oh lordy, lordy. We'd like to <laughs> thank, of course, the one which I'm sure you've gotten on your uh, modeling profiles, right, Sarah? You know, surprisingly, thank God, not too much. I'm really happy about that. Not too much, that but it has said, happened. Let, let's keep up with the not too much and not at all, please. <laughs> all right. All right. So let me let me be the first then. Oh, Chachi, me too. Hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> you also? You mean you also? <laughs> We'd like to thank, of course, the one and the only, my second favorite Aussie next to Margot Robbie. Wow. She is the amazing Aussie. Um, J. Ray, Jessica Ray Taylor. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much me. for joining us on BTB. And thank you so wait, much. Wait, wait, so you put her above Paul Hogan? Um, yes, yes. You do? That's okay, my second yeah. favorite. That's a, that's a bold statement. <laughs> that's a bold, yeah, you're, you're a Paul Hogan fan, of course. Right. And, Isn't everybody? And uh, our special guest, of course, Paulina Tobar, actress and stage manager. Check out musicalbrilliance.com, the official website to get your tickets for the last remaining shows of that amazing play. And of course, Mia Frampton, Mia Rose Frampton, the daughter yes. of rocker legend Peter Frampton, and uh, she's in a new movie called Coast. They can check on demand and with unlimited theater run yeah, as looks well. Really good. Yes. So uh, we're ending tonight's show with what we promised. That's right. This is our 2016 interview that I conducted at the Sundance Film Festival with the late great. Gilbert Gottfried closing out tonight's show, guys. Oh, so uh, sad. Uh, what, what a way to um, close out the, sh uh, the show. And, of course, next week we will be providing you exclusive interviews from our Fan Expo Philadelphia. So lots of great stuff here on BTB. Oh, so yeah. on behalf of everybody here on the panel, we will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. peace. <laughs> 
Two films, two. I, I'm in uh, Life Anime. That's the story, a uh, documentary about uh, a kid with autism who learned how to communicate through watching animated movies, uh, particularly Aladdin that I've seen. Yeah, because his father one time put on a puppet of my character, the parrot, from Aladdin and talked in my voice. And that was the first conversation he had with his son. Uh, the other film, yeah, the other film is uh, is Pendulet's, uh director's cut. Two, I'm the darling of Sunday. The darling of Sunday. Now, are you doing any magic tricks for Penn uh, uh, Yeah, he'll saw me in half, but it won't be a trick, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Well, I think you do need your limbs for a few oh, things. Yeah. Right? <laughs> now, Gilbert, I saw you in an excellent uh, project with Brett Gelman, The Dinner with Friends. And I'm glad to see that you're alive. You saw that? Yeah, I did. I don't know anybody else on this planet who saw that. <laughs> that is, I never saw that. <laughs> well, glad you're here because yeah. you, you died. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm dead in that film. Oh, I gave it away. And I know so many people are going out to rent it now. And and I've got a podcast, Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast, gilbertgottfried.com, and subscribe on iTunes. What makes it so colossal? Ah, uh, that I'm in it. It's just everything I touch. It's pretty colossal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I touch other things that don't yeah. turn colossal, unfortunately. And I've touched it so many times. Yeah. You'd think by now it would be enormous. <laughs> but, but it doesn't do as much to be designed. Yet. <laughs> well, guys, and one more question before you go. What else are you looking forward to here at Sundance? Ah, uh, well, I'm looking forward to a live sex show with animals. And, wow. uh, Is that legal here? Uh, yeah, I, it was in the brochure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Any particular desired animal? Uh, yes, uh, giraffes, I believe. <laughs> like. A little tall. Yes. You need a ladder for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gilbert, thanks so much. I hope you find that giraffe oh, here at Sunday. Thank you. <laughs> Gilbert, if you let us know who you are, yeah. you're watching, click on this. Oh. And then throw out your Twitter. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried. And my Twitter is at RealGilbert. And you're watching, click on this. Uh, yeah, see, I knew that. I had it memorized. And uh, uh, thank you. And I don't know who he is. I'm Al Soto. Yes. So what nationality are you exactly? Filipino. Oh, geez. So I wasn't I, affected by the, yeah. uh, the tsunami. Oh. <laughs> That's why you're talking That's to That's why I'm talking to him. <laughs> You like that? I'm glad you could take that a good chance. Yes. <laughs> That's the selfie. You're awesome. Uh, thanks thank so much. You. Thanks so much. Click on the show.com. That was really funny. I have to, uh, whew. <laughs>
Lots of laughs, and I'm hurting from laughing so much. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.